NBC News national security correspondent Ken Delaney in live in Washington. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. Talking about that was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to, dis to disclose it as a way of deterring uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice. We've never seen this level of information warfare before from the U.S. government. Another example was when they announced that Russia had gone to China uh, to ask for help with what with getting some weapons that hasn't come to pass yet. Yes, and it was one U.S. official telling you it doesn't even have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, April 10th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Definitely some important information coming out around Bucha we're going to discuss that I think is just an additional point to what we've already been discussing that's continuing to, at the very least, add doubt or lots of questions to whether what we're being told from one side is actually what happened. And as always, it's up to you to come to your own conclusions about what the evidence points to, not what you think you're supposed to think. It's really interesting to what you're going to find, and it, it also uh, adds some uh, context to a, what I would argue why Scott Ritter was censored on Twitter. Sort of the Patreon analogy we've been using. It's only fake news once you prove it. This is what Patreon essentially admitted in their re in their replies to both Whitney and myself. They said, "Sure, you can talk about these things. You just and basically, I forget the exact point they made. They said you can talk about these things, but at, there's a there's a line they made just clear that when you pass that line, then then you're purveying fake news. Well, what's the possible difference?" When you talk about it, it's one thing, but then what's the change? Well, of course, when you start producing source material, because what's the difference? Talking about something is exactly what's supposed to be problematic in the way that they're presenting it. So when we start producing source material that backs up what we're saying, well, they censor that. And they point at it and say, well, you're not allowed to do that. You can't fake news. You're, you're purveying fake news. You're challenging the narrative. So why is that not the same thing when you just discuss it without things to back it up? Isn't that really interesting? Well, Scott Ritter apparently seems, in my opinion, to have done the same thing. He has some really interesting information we're going to get into right in the beginning about where the 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 missile that was fired in regard to Bucha actually came from. And it's it's again, it's information, data that you can look into, that you can confirm, that you can check for yourself. And it's going to get skipped right over just like everything else, because you're not allowed to say that today. You're not allowed to question whether or not Russia bad guy. And in fact, that's not even what we're doing. You see, that's how that's framed. How dare you suggest that Russia didn't? Did we even say that? Is that even what the discussion was? That's what your two-party paradigm mind jumped to immediately without thinking about what we're actually saying and the evidence pointing around uh, the evidence around what we're pointing at. As always, to point out that what Ukraine said or what the U.S. government said is a lie or is suspect in no way would suggest by default that the other side is telling the truth or that they wouldn't be capable of doing that. Only a child would jump to something like that when not even a, there's not even an indication that we were implying that. That's just because of the two-party paradigm. 
You guys are here because you're objective, because you question things. Now, today we're going to talk about that. We're also going to get into COVID-19. Most of what we're going to talk about today is COVID-19 around a few important topics. Information coming out around the pandemic of the injected. And yet again, just like Scotland, the UK has now pulled the plug on reporting on vaccine efficacy. And I'll give you their excuse for why they did it. And this is exactly why. Remember when we were wondering why they were pulling back on the testing and different things and are not funding it as much. And we're asking, we know that the testing is a huge part of how this illusion continues. So why would they stop it? Well, guess what? Stopping the testing gives them the the the, the reasoning in their mind to say, well, we're not going to report the efficacy because if there's no testing happening, if it's not free, well, then we have, it's not accurate, is it? Well, that's entirely false, but that's the way they want you to think about it. Well, if everybody doesn't have exactly the same equal amount of testing in front of them all the time, well, then it's completely up in the air. Okay, well, then stop telling us about the flu or any other illness, because that's the same thing that's always been happening in every other situation until COVID. But now, oh, it's just off the table. No, it's because they're hiding from you what that information has been repeatedly, consistently showing well before Omicron and well after it. And they just really don't want you to see what's going on. And we'll show you yet again, as well as some information around blood clots that it's just embarrassing how they're trying to couch this on COVID-19 still. There's a big one I'm sure you guys have seen by The Guardian, 33 times the bl- the risk, blood clots from COVID, except guess what? There's one thing they just failed to do in the study, and I'll show you when we get there and keep you guessing. But of course, we're also going to talk about the WHO and a new approved vaccine that's weirdly 30% efficacious and has all these problems, but it's approved and we're ready to go. It's like we've just created a new paradigm of health and vaccines. Of course, we'll also talk about the Great Reset a little bit at the end and where this seems to be going. But to start, we're going to get on Bucha and a couple of other challenges on this narrative. But my point that I wanted to say before we got into it today, I it, I, I get a lot of different, uh, what's the right way to put it? Everybody has their own opinion, as always, and rightly they should, about what they think is the most important topic going on right now, whether one thing is distraction, one thing is not. And it's good. You should be considering these things. Now, don't get trapped in the self, the false certainty. As even I, everybody can fall into that from time to time when you think you just got a handle on it. But always be willing to consider that you could be wrong and don't think that that person's fake or lying because they don't see what I see. It's always more to the picture. There's always more to the picture. My point in saying all this is I'm going to continue to cover COVID as I've been telling you. And I will today and plenty of other days. But if you have a a topic out there, like for instance, I keep putting off a mask discussion. I'm just so frustrated with how, I guess not frustrated is the right word. The mask discussion is completely 100% over. It has been for a long time. That doesn't mean they're not going to keep lying to you. It doesn't mean they're not going to force it back in and pretend that you're wrong about what you know is there. And even even in the context of the false uh, uh, certainty narrative, you could argue that's the same thing, which is why I every time I talk about this, I go back over the information. I go over any new information from both mainstream and independent. And this is why it's so infuriating because it continues to be the same thing. And over and over and over, it comes to the same very obvious, undeniable conclusion that they are still and always have been from the beginning and still now going forward, not statistically significant in reducing transmission, not N95s, not cloth masks, not anything in between. And this is directly from their information, from 3M, the website, from the creators of the mask themselves. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But here we are again, and they're already bringing it back up. Derek just shared a great article I was going to talk about today. Is it time to bring back the masks? And I'm just like, God. It's almost like they want to make people kind of go a little bit crazy. And I genuinely think that's part of it because we see this. 
Just like they saw it and they ran away from it now, just like you see what's happening in Ukraine, people see it and they're trying to hide from it. So my point is, not glad I didn't lose that. If you see a topic out there, whether mass or anything else that you're just like, I need you to dive into this again for some certain reason, please reach out. Show me what you're talking about. Let me know where and how I can make the most effect in these topics because masks, I mean, even just like VAERS, vaccine side effects. I mean, guys, this stuff is overwhelmingly obvious. It's just a matter of time and a matter of of 13 more distractions to bury the information before you can look back and go, what were we talking about around COVID again? Like, that's what they're trying to do. Sort of like we can look back and go, clearly the government was involved with JFK and we know that, but we don't really know for sure. We all generally admit this sort of like quasi underneath it all kind of understanding that there was stuff that was going on. You know, that, that only, even that, even that's not the full picture. And we only get that way down the line. Even 9-11 stuff, they're still quibbling about. And we know that this was not the full story. You see what I mean? And so it's just funny that this, it's, we will continue to point this stuff out. But as I've said the other day, <clears throat> with such a controlled, controlled top-down society, you only get a certain level of awareness on these topics. And they just pretend like you didn't, even once you can. And that's what we need to focus on, not the drilling into the same old topics they just lie about over and over. It's about chipping away at that false reality, that false majority, and the people that still buy into that false majority. We have to get rid of that before we can ever attack and actually finish these topics. Just a thought I wanted to share. Now, let's start off today with a couple of interesting points before we go into Ukraine to begin, just Bucha specifically, and a couple of other points, and then roll into COVID-19 for the rest of the show. I just saw this the other day. I was talking about this today, and I wanted to share this because it's interesting from a couple of different levels, most of which is the point that I keep making, whether it's around, I mean, just literally anything the government's doing at any time, I guess, or but just specifically in places like outer space, you know? Why do we think we have any, and I mean any, understanding of what's actually happening right now in outer space or in space stations or on the moon or anywhere else? Like, I, I jokingly said this today, you know, like, about, oh, maybe they probably have bases on the moon and communities. And, and you know, and that, yes, I, if somebody said that off, off the cuff, I'd kind of be like, that sound, you know, it's, it's kind of, it seems out there. And it is. I mean, who knows? I don't have any indication that that's actually what's happening. But do we realize that that's very possible that's outside of the people that would argue and you have a right to argue that that's not even real and whatever else. But the point is, with what we think we know about outer space and space travel and so on and what we're able to, compl- to accomplish, why wouldn't they? I mean, for really think about it, for how long that there they could be having entire things going up there, entire operations, entire counter. I mean, I don't know. So my point is, it makes me crazy alarmed with the people that we are beginning to flesh out here that are not just one little group or one little company or one little anything. It's the entirety of what we're staring at from top down. Just like with the Azov Battalion putting people in the ranks across every part of the important parts of the government. That's what we're dealing with in our country, but it's been happening for decades and decades and decades. The government doesn't care about you anymore, if they ever did. You're not the person that you are the illusion they play with to make people think they're fighting for freedom. So my point is, in space, what in the hell is going on up there when we can see that SpaceX now, and weird Musk all of a sudden just kind of finding this prominent role involved with seemingly everything. SpaceX capsule carrying businessmen that paid $55 million each to dock at the space station. I've heard weirdly differing reports, but I guess it's about three people. My point is this. If you've got wealthy businessmen that are willing to drop $55 million just to fly up there, are we going to pretend that that's just a little bit of a, like a little joyride certainly could be you know if you're a billionaire who cares about 55 million just to go out of space and say i went to outer space but what if there's something more happening there 
if we're already at the point where we're flying wealthy people up there, <laughs> if it hasn't started yet, I can promise you that it will. That's just my opinion. And there, I want to know what that is. I have no idea. And that should scare the bejesus out of us with what they're accomplishing here and now. God knows what's going to happen up there, but we're not even able to see. I just want to float that out there for you and then kind of let that be abstractly applying to everything else we're talking about. These people will do anything and everything if they don't think, and even when they think it's possible that you could hold them accountable. Imagine what they do when they believe there's zero accountability. Just a thought. Now, I want to start with this point, one point on COVID before we go back over, because it broadly applies to the World Economic Forum and how the U.S. government, or more specifically, in my opinion, the CIA, is involved in creating at least involved in creating pretty much everything we're looking at right now, involved with Ukraine, involved with the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, and how all of it, as I keep telling you, is tying together. Now, this I've been meaning to come back to this great article from Unlimited Hangout because there's a lot of great important things in regard to how this ties into the larger picture, but I just want to start with this to make sure we see this over over arching image here. This is from Seek for Truth. World Economic Forum portrays itself as a global organization committed to improving the state of the world, but most would be a taken back, taken aback if they knew who's behind it. It was created by US policies. Now you should know that by the way, we've pointed to this article before. It's on the hangout Whitney's great website. What's interesting though is that people don't think about that. This is how is this possibly some kind of a global entity with global minded, you know, agendas if the U.S. government is ultimately what drove this forward? I would argue it's not just the government, but factions, CIA level kind of ideas that are broadly creating some grand agenda that's meant to be seen from a global perspective, but quietly being driven forward by specific people. That's the point here, because we're not supposed to see this as one person or the other. It's supposed to be some, you know, public-private partnership for the interest of the world, which clearly that does not seem to be. It seems the interest of the people saying it's for the interest of the world, sure. Now, here's the actual article. Dr. Klaus Schwab, or how the CFR taught me to stop worrying and love the bomb. It's kind of a play on Dr. Strangelove. The World Economic Forum wasn't simply the brainchild of Klaus Schwab, but was actually born out of a CIA-funded Harvard program headed by none other than Henry Kissinger. I recommend you read this article. It's a great article. My research indicates that the World Economic Forum is not a European creation. In reality, that's Johnny Vedmore. You can read it for yourself, vet it for yourself, as you should, as always. It is instead instead an operation which emanates from a, the public policy grandees of the of the Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixonian eras of American politics, all of whom had ties to the Council on Foreign Relations and the associated roundtable movement with a supporting role played by the CIA. I just can't, I mean, the CIA always seems to have its fingers in everything, but just this very clear agenda right now, like moved, pulled out all the stops kind of a thing in regard to the Azov Battalion, in regard to what's happening in Ukraine, and how it all seems to connect back to the larger agenda, and yet we forget to point out that they're tied into the beginning of this whole thing. There were three extremely powerful and influential men, Kissinger among them, who would lead Klaus Schwab towards their ultimate goal of complete American empire-aligned global domination via the creation of social and economic policies. Now, I would argue that that maybe U.S.-centric part of this has changed, whether that's because those people just don't care what entity they pretend they're with, so they just shift to China or whatever else you want to talk about, or that something has shifted largely around whether the U.S. is the right person to lead that entity, whatever. Either way, 
It's the people behind it, the CIA entities, the people that are supranational, in my opinion. And I do see the CIA like that because I don't think the CIA is even completely even controlled even remotely these days by the people in the White House. I just this is a shadow government entity. You can go back to the Reagan days of, of the actual beginning of the shadow government that was documented and how that never really went away. And whether that really did become an actual counter shadow side government or the deep state, or as I'm sure was always there to some degree. These are easy things to look up. But it says, in addition, two of the men were at the core of manufacturing the ever-present threat of global thermonuclear war. Now, this, of course, has transitioned as of late into the biosecurity issue, right? Now it's about bio war and chemical war and right now. But all of a sudden, weirdly enough, that third part of the Trinity comes back to play. Now we've got nuclear war on the table as well. By examining these men through the wider context of the geopolitics of the period, I will show how their paths would cross and coalesce during the 1960s, how they recruited Klaus Schwab through a CIA-funded program, and how they were the real driving force behind the creation of the World Economic Forum. There's a lot of information in here. This is just the summation from the very beginning. Please read it for yourself. But I find it to be a very interesting point. Now, this sort of meant to be sort of an overarching point to remember all this going through. We just talked about this. As I coined, said, vanilla ISIS, in quotes, is here. And I guess those that wanted to reach out and say, oh, you're promoting the agenda of the mainstream, I guess they forgot to read the second part of the title. The CIA constructed illusion meant to demonize Russia and justify war on you. Not that there's really a vanilla ISIS. I would think that's pretty damn self-explanatory, but apparently not to a lot of title skimmers that can't even finish the title. But the point is that this is not saying there's a big threat and conservatives are dangerous. I mean, it's just ridiculous if you would think that, even but the title says it right there. The idea is that this is a construct, I mean, for crying out loud, meant to demonize you. It says it right there in the title. They're creating the illusion that this is happening. Now, that doesn't mean... That there's not real people out there that espouse these ideas. The problem is that because people are so invested in the political side, that now they've almost gone to the point where they're arguing that's not even a real thing. There's no such thing as white supremacy. Obviously, that's real. There's black supremacy. There's white supremacy. There's Jewish supremacy. There's any kind. It's out there. It's all in the world. If you're, you're a child, if you think one of those is offensive and, and you, you're pointing out that one's racist, but that one's existing, it's everywhere. It's like, that's just politics, guys. All of that's there. The problem is that that has what happens in the two-party paradigm or any kind of paradigm like that is they manipulate the way you perceive things. It's sort of like saying that sustainability is bad because the Great Reset. That's, that's a lack of understanding. They're not actually driving for sustainability. They're using that word and manipulating you into the, almost the exact opposite, right? So when you go, sustainability is the Great Reset, that's, that's a lack of understanding about what's actually happening. We should be striving for real sustainability independently, not tapped into some greater agenda, right? That's the point. But this is the reality of how this is all being built from COVID into the foreign policy idea of this. Now, remember, we're already seeing this overarching discussion. I'm actually I'm going to jump way ahead. I'm going to end with this point. The Biden administration is now linking vaccine dissenters to, quote, the possibility of committing acts of violence. We've already reported this. This is a, the, this actual link is from, I think, last month or a couple months ago. But he's just sharing it as April 6th. The possibility of committing acts of violence in order to investigate them as potential terrorists. As he says, wow, you're now labeled a domestic terrorist because you didn't get vaccinated. That's not even hyperbole. Now, they're not saying that everybody has already by default been labeled that. Maybe that's true. My point is they've already passed legislation or rather, excuse me, signed an executive order mandate, which is not even really law in my opinion, or and, and technically not at all, because technically it only applies to the executive branch. But We don't even talk about the facts around these things anymore. The point is 
that they put down on paper that if they wanted to, you could be called a domestic terrorist because you put other people's lives at risk because you chose not to do this or spread disinformation they call disinformation that's not even actually disinformation. Any of that under the guise of being an anti-vaxxer, which, by the way, even in the order seems to insinuate pretty clearly is one side of this. The conservatives, the Republicans, the MAGA, the Trumps, that's what that's really about. So if you can't see the overlap between that and what's happening with this, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to miss, right? So now you become this domestic terrorist because you're challenging the agenda. Well, the agenda shifts all the time. So when you challenge the agenda in this case, right? So now you have conservatives that are storming the Capitol and you're vanilla ISIS because it turns out you worked with Russia and I, or worked with Iran and all these different groups. And this, is, they've, and this isn't me, guys. This is their clumsy narrative they've been p- patching together for months now. But all of a sudden, when there becomes some kind of a key act, and I've been saying this for a while, whether that's a biological weapon, which seems to be all of a sudden coming up all over the place, even in the foreign policy conversation, that maybe includes COVID or maybe it's something else. The bottom line is it becomes the biosecurity state idea. Then it's because of vanilla ISIS or domestic terrorists that were working alongside the foreign people. My point is I don't have to go over this all again. I try to make it clear as I can because it seems a little abstract to people that haven't seen the actual evidence, but watch the show if you clearly do care about it. My point is I see this overlapping because I believe it's larger than just one thing or the other. As we can see the CIA fingerprints across the board, I believe there's a larger agenda taking place. Now, starting with Bucha here in regard to another false flag, which I believe is pretty clear. That doesn't mean that there's not things that have already happened that Russia committed or that they're not capable of doing these things. Just because you can prove one's a lie doesn't mean that. But if you're unwilling to look at the evidence around why these things are lies because you think you're not supposed to say that, well, that's that's it's like that's exactly what it sounds like. It's not fact. That's your opinion, or you're scared to address things because you think you'll be called something, <laughs> whatever that would mean. Running away from the reality because you'll be called fake news by addressing the facts. That sounds pretty interesting, doesn't it? But here is Scott Ritter. Suspended. We just showed you the other day. I just want to show you the actual tweet that you can check it for yourself. They count they suspended, which is just, it's incredible to me that this, somebody like this, who has every right to speak on this stuff. This guy has like, again, like I said before, people hate, love him or hate him. Think he's a shill or whatever. I mean, people have opinions about everybody. People think I'm a shill. The point is that this guy has credentials to speak on foreign policy topics because of his history, because of his work. And yet, just like with COVID-19, censored, just like that. Just because he said something, by the way, you weren't supposed to say, but not just because of that. Because in my opinion, he proved it. Oh, and by the way, just the same idea. You know, it's that they don't want you seeing the other side of the story. Now, you could argue that doesn't mean the side is true. But let's be clear, if they're just blindly reporting what Ukraine says, that means they don't know that side's true either. Period. Like, if you can't understand that point right there, that's a choice. They say Ukraine says, that means they don't know if it's true. They're reporting it because Ukraine says. Now, you can't just say Ukraine's above reproachment or above criticism. They're getting caught lying about things all the time. So my point would be that they're trying to stop the other side of the story from being told at all. That's why they're kicking them out of the Human Rights Council. That's why they're stopping people like Scott from talking or myself or YouTube blocking the Russian parliamentary channel, right? Not some government channel or not some manipulated funding channel. They're trying to, you know, whatever they're trying to frame it as. This is parliament. Are we going to pretend that get, what's get, what gets said in U.S. government, par, U.S. Uh, Congress is always true? They're always calling each other liars. The Republicans are lying. There's literally points where they're calling every Republican a terrorist. But yeah, we don't censor the entire congressional channel, do we? No. 
But see, they're just broadly censoring every single person at every single different Republican or every single Russian party on every single different side because all Russia bad. As always, it's simplified. Russia bad guy, right? It's not, there's, we don't acknowledge that there's different parties and some of which actually don't like Putin that would challenge the, or some of which would openly work with the U.S. Who cares? Because they don't want to make you think differently. They don't want you to understand that there are, in fact, groups in there that they're working with, with the CIA. No, we don't care about any of that because that happens everywhere. Russia's probably doing it in our country, too. It happens all over the place. They all spy. What's funny, though, is they never want you to think about that when they want you to just dismiss anybody. He's got a Russian name, probably bad guy, right? He has a Russian-looking face, probably a spy, right? That's ignorant. <laughs> That's called racism. That's called bigotry. But we don't care as long as you do it against the people we don't like. And that makes you a hypocrite. Now, here's what Scott pointed out before he was censored for doing so. This photo speaks for itself. Now, what's funny is it really doesn't for people that aren't as, at, with his level of information. <laughs> Somebody's asking, no, I'm not a shill in case that wasn't clear. But why, isn't that what a shill would say? <laughs> the point is the people are going to think what they want to think, guys. If you think, and by the way, why would that matter, first of all, in the whether or not the information you're looking at is researched for yourself, right? This is the point I always make. There's plenty of people, like, for instance, if Alex Jones stepped up and showed you something, a link, an information, and you didn't look at it for yourself and said, yeah, he's a shill, it's probably fake, that's you being stupid. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go, he's, it's probably fake because Alex Jones is probably lying, which I tend to feel that way a lot of the times too, or at least manipulating or whoever you're pointing at, whatever person you think is like that. But I still look at it. I still check and make sure that, oh, here's the, the source material is the source material. It doesn't matter if a clown gives it to you. It doesn't matter if Hillary Clinton hands it to you. It's source material. Now you factor that in, sure. What is her agenda here? What's she trying to do? My point, though, is that if just because you want to say someone's a shill, or even if they are, even if they're working for the government, the point is it's source material. Be an adult and look at the material and come to your own conclusions about it. That's the problem with where we are. Two-party paradigm. Now, that wasn't addressed to anybody in the chat, obviously. Now, this is the, my joke here was that it's not, it doesn't really speak for itself. It's quite confusing until you understand what it's showing you. And that's because, it, you know, to him, it's pretty self-explanatory, but I, he, he does explain it. But he says, history will hopefully condemn everyone who parroted Ukrainian allegations that the missile was fired by Russia. Now, here's what's important about this before I show you his explanation. The important part is the argument is this came from Russia, right? That this was fired from Russian territory, controlled at the very least, and fired into the area of Bucha, not from the internal area of Ukraine. Now, the argument might, if the, I, the reason I'm saying that is because I feel like this is going to adjust, right? So once this comes out, they're going to say, no, it was Russia. They just fired from somewhere inside Ukraine. Well, okay, prove that or prove even any part other than, the, like, this is what evidence looks like. Not proof, right? But evidence. But you're not getting any of that from them. And I'm going to show you what you are getting. A bunch of basically, it, it's narrative. You're getting a bunch of sob stories and images and still shots and things people said they said written down by the Washington Post or whoever else. Now, yes, that could be true. I'm not saying you should dismiss it out of hand. But when you see an endless amount of photos, or excuse me, of, of videos of people on the record saying, here's what I saw, here's what happened. Yes, those could be lying too. But don't you think that videos of a lot of different people from different locations, different times of day, different outlets, all saying the same thing, and then you got the Western press saying, here's what they said, and we wrote it down for you. Oh, really? Here's a picture of a person crying by a body on the ground. Here's the context. Oh, is that the context? How do we know she's not crying because she thinks Russia did it or because she thinks Ukraine did it? How do we know the difference? Because they're telling you. They're filling in the context. You mean the groups that lied to you about WNDs, who lied to you about literally every story we can point to over the years? Yes. So why are you trusting them? You should trust nobody. Now, don't trust me. Don't trust them. Wait for facts. 
Facts are not mainstream said, or Ukraine said their intelligence knows. That's not facts. Those aren't facts. Now, here's his understand. Here's his ex- explanation of this. He says the blue dot at the tip of the three arrows, right there, is the impact zone. So this is where the this is where the the strike happened. And it says the solid line is the azimuth of flight determined by the missile debris. Now I was looking this up earlier. Like this, this is you 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 you'd want to. I want to have him continue to uh, Scott Ritter specifically to explain this and he would if his chat was there but as it says uh it's an, an angular measurement in the spherical coordinate uh, coordinate system it's basically decide used to pinpoint the potential uh you know uh what's the right word for it the origin point as well as the possible area for for error where it could be bottom line is it's mathematical evaluation of what we know right and so we do know at least from what we have currently on the record, where this supposedly hit the area it was coming from and so on, right? So by that information, the angle the angle of impact, you can do the math backward. That's what this is. The solid line is that is is the path the term the path and the two dotted lines are essentially like the room for error. Now it says the dotted lines and the possible zones, accounting for margin of error. The territory from which the launch came is one hundred percent Ukrainian controlled territory. Now, you shouldn't just assume this is correct. You should check it for yourself. You should check with the, what the Western press was reporting about the information and what they found on the ground, what's coming out of the ground. The bottom line is this is what happened. And you can show that the information, the, the, the rocket only, only potential cone of, of, of potential origin point is inside an area which is completely controlled by Ukraine. But these are these data points just get ignored, sort of like Bucha and the fact that they just didn't have, or excuse me, same point in, in this context of Bucha, where we're finding out, well, they didn't have their satellites. Maxar technology did not have satellites over the area during the time frame that they said they took these pictures, which then proves that the pictures or the dead people on the ground were taking place when Ukraine was in control. These are very easy things to prove. I've already shown them to you, but nobody cares. It's in, It's actually incredible to me. So thank you, Scott, for doing good work and being censored for doing so. Now, here's George Webb on an interesting point that's discussing what we just mentioned the other day. He says in March 2020, he's on the record with CNN saying the Azov Battalion was involved in China with the initial spread of pathogens like coronavirus in Wuhan and Hong Kong under NATO supervision. Not looking so far-fetched now that the discover now with the discoveries of uh, Azovstal, this plant that we're talking about that we just mentioned the other day. But I find this really interesting. Now, this isn't you should take this with a grain of salt. Do your own research about his work and what he said, but it's quite interesting. Here's Garland Nixon <clears throat> sharing our, our excellent article here. CIA trained the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion and has chosen Ukraine as the birthplace of the global white supremacist threat. So it's interesting to me is if they were involved from before this, the picture really starts to come together, right? Now, the next part of this is his recent article about this. Right now, Russian special forces, forces troops are about to descend on the last holdout bunker in Mariupol at a steel mill called Azovstal. Now, what's interesting is this is the conversation about the the area of Mariupol where the argument is there's high level people boxed in, including uh, uh, 
I'm, his name's in here. It's Courtier, Courtier or uh, Courtier, right? Uh, Clouter. There it is. Roger Clouter. We already discussed this. Now, of course, we reported it. We didn't tell you it was 100%. It was way, totally up in the air. But there were some interesting data points that suggested that he might have been there. That he was definitely there, but he might not. He might have been there when this happened and is stuck there now. And this might explain why they've tried to already helicopter these high-level people out of there a few times and they've been shot down before they got to them. So they're desperately trying to hide, one, if this is true, that there are U.S. and U.K. personnel on the ground involved with, some, with the worst of the worst, the odds of battalion, literally working alongside them, and they're trying to hide that. So as it says... The uh, and it's a bunker in the steel mill called Azovstal. Now, many NATO intelligence officers from the countries of France, Italy, Germany, Sweden, and the UK are thought to be in that bunker with the Azov Battalion. Now, it says potentially the U.S. Army three-star general, Roger Clouter, Cloutier maybe, could be among the NATO officers trapped in the bunker. He's thought to have personally led the operations against the Russians in Donbass since the March 7th, 2022, which also is not supposed to be happening when he was pictured with the Ukrainian Army Command, which we already showed you. Now, uh, the general or an assistant posted to his LinkedIn that he was in a conference in Turkey and not in the bunker and and in an attempt to debunk the reports. Now, what's interesting is, again, think about that. Like, if they really wanted to just hide that, you know, easy it would be just to post on his LinkedIn page and be like, yep, there, see, proof, 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 he did that. He posted, therefore he's not in there. Or he posted, he's not in there. But my point is, it's so funny how easy it is for these people in the Western press to just be like, proof. (laughs) <laughs> like you can't be like, well, possibly somebody like, cause we know if it, if this was an operation, they wouldn't want you to know he was there. Even if he wasn't stuck there, they don't want you to know where these people actually are during military operations. So of course they're going to lie about it. Of course they would type on his page just to hide it. But what's funny is if you suggested that they would call you a conspiracy theorist. You know what I mean? Until after the fact, they would be like, well, of course, because national security, <laughs> just take a pay, take a beat and recognize how obvious that is. And what that shows you about everything anywhere else in the context of the U.S. government or any government for that matter. They lie all the damn time. And they call you crazy for pointing out those lies right up until they admit them and call and then justify why you're still crazy because here's why that lie makes sense. It's just, it's incredible. But it says, unfortunately, some of the photos that they used were from last year's events. Oops. Leading some to speculate that they're just trying to paper over what's happening, which is exactly what they would do if it was happening. One thing that is not in dispute is that the French special forces were involved with two failed attempts at the extraction of the NATO VIPs, if that's if they're there. Knowledgeable sources indicate these missions would never be attempted for just people like the Alza Battalion, neo-Nazis. Journalist Pepe Escobar and the news outlet The Duran contend that he is still there, according to French government sources. Now, if Duran is arguing this with their sources, that's that holds a lot of water for me. I still wouldn't believe it's 100% true, because even the sources could be wrong on what they think is happening. But that's a big deal. The Duran is, 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 does good work. And, and they have inside sources in the French government, which I would believe they do have those sources. That's my opinion. I'm not asking to trust anybody. But what's interesting is if that's the case, everything does seem to line up with the way they would act if they didn't want you to see this. But, you know, that, this to me still makes it 50-50. I haven't seen anything other than the possibility that that's what's happening. Other than I would argue that the the attempts that which have been shown to happen to remove these something from this area, it does seem to indicate this is something they really want to get out of there. And that would make sense. Now, it says the Duran journalist uh, Alex uh, Cristoforo also reported that French government sources were confirming high-level NATO personnel in the bunker. The French news outlet Voltaire has also said a similar story. 
which is independent media in of itself. So it's still, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's, I, I would argue, my gut tells me this is definitely what's happening, but I'm just trying to be objective in regard to what we can prove. Journalist Pepe Escobar also contends there is a, is a Hunter Biden metabiota connection, which we haven't dove into really on this show, but it's very, it's, it definitely is there. But his point here is something that I was kind of feeling as well. He says, uh, to th- this is a connection to the biological agents currently being stored in the bunker in a place called the pit, which is certainly a shocking charge, just a charge. No photographic proof has been produced of the pit to date. However, a great deal of documentary evidence connects Hunter Biden to Metabiota. Now, this has to do with this company in regard to the earlier discussion, the laptop and Ukraine, all the stuff that happened before all this and one of the labs in Ukraine. I mean, this very clearly connects with the bigger picture of COVID. I mean, we must see this building out. Now, it says I have called this is George Webb. I have called Hunter Biden, Lee Harvey Biden, because I believe he's the fall guy for Metabiota's past bioagent testing in Africa and the Middle East, which he had nothing to do with. I had a source in May 2017 relate this to me in so many words. And Hunter's limited involvement with Metabiota, encrypted BlackBerry communication device, was later proven by Tony Bob Lewinsky at the second presidential debate in 2020. But it says, meanwhile, China's foreign ministry, in addition to the Russian Ministry of Defense, both contend numerous bioweapons programs are being conducted by Metabiota in Ukraine. So if Hunter Biden is essentially like the, the scapegoat, I, you know, unless Biden is the one doing that, which is certainly possible, I would argue that it makes a lot more sense in regard to how Biden is also being used here. And maybe he doesn't know that. And all of this is a set up thing. Maybe Trump himself, from Trump to Biden, right? I genuinely think Trump was put in that position, whether he realized it or not, to be used exactly the ways that I've outlined. And now we're going to pretend that somebody who can barely tie his own shoes gets put in place. Guys, this feels like a coordinated push from Trump to Biden, leading right into where we are. That's my opinion. The idea of the metabiota part is obviously about how they were building this before we got here. And I think that ties right back into COVID-19. We will look into the Ukrainian billionaire behind metabiota's bioagents program, none other than Kolomoisky, who we've already been talking about. And he's going to be writing about this in his next article. But now the interesting tie of Kolomoisky, not just to the funding of the Aza Battalion, not just to the backing completely of the presidential campaign of Zelensky, but to the funding of the very bio labs that they later use in the same con- or later connect back to the same context of the bigger picture, using the Azov Battalion, funding the same group, potentially using them to carry out attacks, lay at the feet of the Russian tr- Russian government, tie back to the domestic terrorist. You know, this all ties right together. Now, if you if, th- if this seems abstract to you, recognize that they've already tried to lay this groundwork. It's not just my opinion. Now, he says he believes that Kolomoisky was in charge of a NATO program to test bioagents on the people in Donbass, which there's plenty of examples of people calling that out. It's pretty interesting. Now, a lot of this is subjective in his research, but it feels like it lines up with quite a bit of what's going on. Now, think of this also interesting, by the way, talking about how the way they keep throwing these things out there, like, for instance, how they... Talked about how the uh, the you know Russia's going to carry out this false flag sort of situation. They're going to take this and do that, and then Ukraine literally does that in a different location. Like it's really weird how this keeps happening. So right now he's talking about the uh, Avast, uh, Ava, uh, Azovstal steel mill and how they're now claiming that there's they're going to be a, that Russia's building to attack this this location, and then the argument being they're trying to you know remove people from the location. Here's an article from March twentieth saying Russia strikes one of Europe's largest steel plants. Now, that could have already happened. Maybe because they did already knew that they were doing something there. Maybe because there was a biolab there. But it's interesting that this is already part of the story that already apparently happened, and yet 
it wasn't, you know, now it's being focused back in on. Was this a premature false flag? You know, who knows? Because there's so much up in the air. And that's why it's so incredible that the Western press continues to take at face value what they're being told. Now, here's another example of this. Reports show Russia preparing three-ton bomb to drop on Mariupol. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just really interesting to me that this is... Not, it's not that they wouldn't have a bomb that they would drop or the fact that, you know, why in, in, in one case, why anybody, by the way, on, uh, oh, it's weird, it refreshed on me. Why anybody on a just random telegram channel would somehow have a picture of what they're preparing in Russia. It's certainly possible. Well, here's the main point for me. Unconfirmed photographs. So why are you reporting on it? You could, you could make that on your computer and post it on telegram. And Western outlets report it because it goes along with their narrative. Now, when Russia says something or posts a picture, do they report it and say unconfirmed? No, they hide from it. They run from it. Even if it's confirmed, they don't report it. So just, I keep pointing that out, but maybe that for that new person that showed up today, recognize how childishly hypocritical that is. But not only are the, the images unconfirmed, which should make you stop. Why read the rest of this if they have no idea what's going on? They're adding context to something they don't know. That's called propaganda. My point, though, is that on April 6th, this person posted on Telegram, this random person, no no validity, posts this image on Instagram, or excuse me, on Telegram. But guess what it is? They show a Soviet-made bomb, the FAB-3000, next to a Russian Air Force bomber. Right, because that makes sense, right? So the Russian military, that's all that has all sorts of high-level you know, current level technology weaponry is going to bring out a strategic bomber and then bring up this old rusty looking Soviet bomb, right? Because that makes sense. Why would that make sense to anybody? Why would it make sense? Like, do they think that using a Soviet bomb is going to trick them and they think it's not Russia? If it's a Soviet bomb, they're going to be like, it was Russia because it's Soviet. Yes, that's exactly the point, guys. And that's exactly why when the Wall Street Journal cover uncovers the story that U.S. was secretly sending Soviet-era weapons to Ukraine after they secretly acquired them, we should realize what's actually happening because it's just that stupidly obvious. Because it looks to me like they're blaming this on Ukraine or on Russia already. That they're setting up false flags and already going, look, they're already getting a bomb ready and they're going to use it. Unconfirmed things that we don't know, but we're already blaming Russia. <laughs> I mean, this is just so bad. I've almost never seen it this ridiculous before. But my, I, let's be clear. It could be Russia. Sure. I, see, I don't know. I can, I can be honest about that. Nobody knows because it's an unconfirmed photo from a Telegram channel. But the bottom line is, if we're being logical about this, it doesn't make any sense that Russia would use an old, rusty, Soviet-era weapon that would be tied back to them anyway. Versus something that they could use that would be accurate, that would be just technologically advanced, that would be, you know, all, I mean, on and on and on. This is the beginning of, what, and here's the point, guys. They're right now arguing this photograph is said to be a bomb being prepared for Russian forces to strike Azovstal. Look at that. So now when this building gets exploded today, tomorrow, whenever it happens, they, oh, we'll see, Russia did it because they warned us they were planning it and proved it. No, but it doesn't matter. I just can't believe this didn't, I mean, oh, I, I can believe it. This is a huge story. They got zero attention. This is setting up a false flag. There is no way around that. There is literally no reason to send Soviet-era weapons to the Ukrainians in fighting Russia 
when you have far, far, far more advanced weaponry and endless amounts of it, especially in the United States, just constantly pumping this stuff out. Here's old weapons that they just left in Afghanistan. Old weaponry that are, they could put they, the ridiculous argument that they would use old Soviet weaponry and secretly acquire that under a guise they just wanted to understand how to defend against Russia. Yeah, because Russia still uses old Soviet weapons? No. So that makes no sense at all. But everyone gobbled it up because they don't want to acknowledge that this is an obvious setup for an obvious CIA false flag. They always do. Now, that does not mean for the children out there that Russia couldn't do it too, that Russia's cap- not capable of doing bad things and that Russia's a good guy. No, that doesn't mean that. It's just simply pointing out that you're being lied to by, let's just say, another bad guy. Because <laughs> you need to call good guy bad guy because they're in your binary world. They're both bad guy. Make it simple for you. The reality here is this is the obvious setup for a false flag. Now, here is uh, South Front reporting on the battle for Mariupol. Now, yes, the South Front, and I will even have point out clearly that are far, like more so than even RT, are very slanted, in my opinion, and get a lot of their information directly from Russian intelligence. I understand it, but nonetheless, have still been ahead of a lot of stories. I'm not saying you should dismiss them or anybody for that matter, but I just want to point out that just like I would argue that uh, what's a good example? It doesn't matter. There's plenty of outlets out there that I still think do a great job, but are very clearly slanted, let's say, to a Republican or a Democrat side, right? That's kind of what I'm talking about here. Now, it says mop-up operations are still ongoing in the city of Mariupol. The Russian military and the armed forces of the Donetsk People's Republic continue to corner the remaining troops of the armed forces of Ukraine, the FU, and the Azov nationalists in the key port city. Now it says this is this is what you know they're reporting. The the uh, Ukrainian forces and the Azov fighters are divided into three groups, apparently, which are besieged at the Azov stall, the the uh, Ilach plant, and the seaport area. Assault units, the DPR People's Militia, and the Russian forces have already entered the territory of the Azov stall, or the area around that. So it's not just the mill, but the area around it. The assault on the plant began from the northern d- direction under close artillery fire and airstrikes from the Russian aerospace forces, but the advance faces fierce resistance from the Azov fighters. Let me ask you a question, guys. If there were people in that mill, right, because it's very clear that they're in there, right, that this is even being reported by Western Press. So the Azov battalion is inside this building and using it as a base. So if they had civilians in that mill, and it got bombed and civilians died, and then they reported that Russia bombed a civilian mill and killed civilians, are we really going to pretend that the rest of the world would not parrot that exactly? Now, that would even be slightly true, right? Because it was a mill and there were civilians that died. But there's context there, right? Context that the extremists were there, or even let's just say the Ukraine forces were there and they were using this location. Now, were there civilians there by choice or were they being held there, right? And in whether or not they were there by choice, the fact that they were using it as a base means it's a military target in any wartime situation. So kind of like there's a point that I was going to discuss today that I decided not to, where there's a, there's a guy being, oh, you know what? I think I do have it up here. I think it was in here. I'll come back to that then. There's a discussion in there about a guy that's being, you know, one of the witnesses supposedly for all the Russian atrocities. And he's one of these guys saying that he was working with the battalion and using binoculars to let them know where the Russian forces were coming. And then when he gets accosted, but then let go, they make it out to be this horrendous act. Well, first of all, the guy was working with the military. So if you really want to be honest about a wartime situation, if you are citing for the military, you're a military target. 
whether civilian or not, by the way, because you don't know that when you're in the middle of the war. And I'm not justifying any of this. You know that I don't support war in general. My point is I understand the logic there. But my point is this, that that guy then got let go. How does that line up with what they would say they are doing? So they're, they're just indiscriminately murdering civilians, but they catch one that's working with the military and they let him go? Come on, guys. That's their reporting. There's in, it shows you that they aren't what the, the, the people that are doing the, the really disgusting things on the record continue are shown to be the Ukrainian military over and over and over. That, that's my opinion, but it's also backed up by the endless amount of research and information we keep showing you. And I keep showing you what they're reporting. One guy that doesn't want to show his face, another guy that just walks up and says, I wasn't even here, but here's what I think happened. Yeah, and that is evidence. Sure, you can use that. But compare it to the 47 videos of people leaving Mariupol that are all saying they were attacked and raped and beaten and robbed by the Ukrainian military. Now, what, what, just thinking, right, what's funny is I know of people right now that would hear me say that and go, oh, it's fake news. And think about how stupid that is. Without actually looking at what we're talking about, without actually checking to see if I'm right or looking at the source material, you just hear it and go, oh, oh, because I already know. Oh, because this is fake news. That's what's happening today. And all these contexts, people are just choosing to pick a side and are just so completely convinced that anybody, but I don't believe it's the majority. I really don't. The assault on the plant began from the northern direction under close artillery, and they're facing fierce resistance from the Azov fighters. Now, it says, according to the unconfirmed reports by Russian military commanders on the ground and several sources, NATO officers, including high-ranking commanders of the U.S. and European armies, may be blocked in Mariupol. Which I think is funny is, according to their own sor- military sources, they may be there. Doesn't that just sound different than what we get from the you from? I'm not trying to promote one or the other. What I'm saying is that you tend to get a different perspective where their 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 intelligence is we they could be in that building. Now that to me is what intelligence actually sounds like. That we don't know for sure. We're not going to say that because we haven't gotten there yet. But we have intelligence that suggests they could be there. Whereas the Western the you the, the anonymous intelligence you know sources from the U.S. government say. We know this for sure. Iran is doing dangerous things. It's a credible threat in their basis. And then it turns out they were simply moving ships in their own borders, which was the back when the Trump and, and Bolton's era scenario, where they hyped an entire situation that brought us to the brink of war with Iran. And all it was was them moving boats in their own harbor. That was proven, by the way. That's it. That's all we need. Just like we played in the beginning. When we, we don't even need intelligence to talk about these things. Yeah, you lie about things all the time. That's the point. So when they say we have intelligence, and that is that they could be there. The reports about NATO commanders being taking shelter in there may explain why NATO members, especially France and Turkey, insist on carrying out a humanitarian mission in Mariupol, but only with the participation of their military. Finally, it says, according to the Russian Ministry of Defense, on April 7th, Russian air defense systems shot down two Ukrainian military helicopters in the air, MI-8 and MI-224, near the city of Kherson. Both times they were trying to get people out of there. According to the most recent briefing by the Russian Ministry of Defense, now this you could take it a grain of salt. I think every military lies about this stuff, but here's the different story. You're not hearing this from the other side. They have taken down, according to them, 125 Ukrainian warplanes, 95 helicopters, 416 unmanned aerial vehicles, 227 anti-aircraft missile systems, 2,003 tanks and other armed combat vehicles, 220 multiple launch rocket systems multiple launch rocket systems, 869 field artillery and mortars, as well as 1,902 units of special military vehicles have been destroyed since the beginning of the Russian special military operation. It's quite a different picture, isn't it? 
Now, if you can't prove either side, why are you picking one? It's always a good question, isn't it? Now, going over to Patrick Lancaster before we finish this off in the, the, the Ukraine part of this, I just wanted to make sure you guys are keeping up on his page. I mean, even though I have this listed to where, uh, well, I did. I just clicked it again and it came. God, Twitter, these guys are such garbage. It's so painfully obvious how they're desperately afraid of people like that. Anybody else out there showing you the reality? You know, you, we all know, I don't need to go into how you can sub on Twitter and you'll be unsubbed and, or on YouTube. It's what they do all the time. But here's a couple of clips he's sharing right now. Forces have yet again opened fire on the civilian area in Dun- near Donetsk. A family of four has lost everything. She says she's lost everything to shells that came and were fired from Ukrainian-controlled territory. This is what the residents here say. And she says there's no uh, uh, military uh, near here. This is just a peaceful area. Now, of course, you question it, as you should. But this aligns with so many other people's statements that live in these certain different areas, saying that we know it was the Ukrainian military. We watched them do it. They shot at us when we were leaving, and so on, and so on, and so on. Here's another one. He filmed this over in the center of Donetsk last night at about 3 a.m. after four incoming Ukraine rocket explosions. I think it was DPR anti-air shooting at the Ukrainian drone over the city, but unconfirmed. Comments below what you think. Oh, I thought I saw one. Oh, I think the full one's on his channel. I recommend going to his, I mean, I hate that it's on YouTube, but his YouTube channel. You can hear it. The point is, these are civilian areas. It's constant. Now, to pretend there's literally, I mean, look, the only thing you could argue would make even the smallest amount of sense would be that if this was Russia, they'd be doing this over the Donetsk, Donetsk area because they want to blame Ukraine, Right nobody's buying what they're saying anyway. They know that nobody anywhere is believing that that's, you know, see what I'm saying? Like the only reason that that would be done is to, is for the, the mainstream conversation, right? Well, none of them are even listening to what Russia says. So the idea that it would be strategically beneficial for them to bomb an oca- a location that they're literally fighting alongside. The DPR people are the le- one of the leading groups. They're fighting with the Russian forces in this whole thing, right? And they're going to bomb the middle of their area. It's certainly possible, right? Because that's always possible. But the evidence has to matter. And if there's none other than, well, it's probably them because they're the only people hurting civilians, you're being a child. Especially since we've proven that the Ukrainians are hurting people. Doesn't mean Russia's not doing it too, but we need evidence, don't we? Central Mariupol. This is just a fraction of the death I saw today. I'm choosing not to share the worst of the images. People dead all over the place. Refugees in Mariupol have been cut off from everything for almost five weeks. Today, I had to explain to one that the war hit every major city in Ukraine. Now, what's interesting about this, by the way, is remember that Russia has opened up corridors from, from a month ago, more than that. And in the very beginning, when I, I covered this, they opened the corridors and Ukraine said, no, we won't allow that because we won't allow them to go into Russian territory. So now when you hear all these stories about how they haven't been allowed to flee because Russia won't let them, it's so obvious to prove that's not true. They already admitted Russia opened corridors, and you could argue that they were going to do bad things when it happened, but that's not what they said. They said, we will not let them go to Russian territory. So Ukraine stopped that from happening, and plenty of people on the ground tell you that. Now we point back and go, Russia didn't open the territories. And yes, they did. It's just as ridiculous as them on the record with, I think it's The Guardian, saying, we buried these people in a mass grave. Now, you could even argue that that makes sense because they're in war. We don't have time. We don't have the resources, whatever. But then, 
a week later reporting that the mass grave was made by Russia and there's a sign of a war crime. I I did this in real time on the show. That actually is happening. All these are happening. It's just lies, guys. Self-serving lies. Now, here again is just a couple of these clips that I'll play so you guys can see them again because there's an endless amount of them. Saying the Azov saw that Russia's coming, so they have to S on it urgently. Basically goes on to say they want to show the whole world as if Russia's committing atrocities here. They're taking bodies from the morgues and throwing them around saying Russia's killing civilians. Night. Reasonably large channel. Individuals fleeing. Over and over and over. It was hell. They shot at us. The Azov saw it. We saw it ourselves. I saw it personally. Let everybody know. Let the world know. Same thing. The apartment was broken into. They used it to get warm. They used these people's houses. And they went inside to keep warm. The apartments, everything's upside down. He says the doors were all broken. Where was it? Yeah. Was it all done by the Ukraine side? Who else? They shot up your car. Yes, our car was shot without any warning. Look at that. Where was that? Near the Azov Stahl Hotel. Just to let us through, we have signs, kids, all over the car. Please let us pass. That's just so sad. Saying, where was it? Right there. I'm just trying to do it really quickly. They shoot at civilians. They don't let them leave. And this is exactly what we're hearing everywhere. That's the kind of Nazi state we have in Ukraine. That's what she says. The person living in Ukraine. Here's the last one, just for now. They shot at the local population. We cooked inside the entrance. They shot right at her feet. They would they would go to get water and they would shoot at her feet. So so we could not pass. Right. And then they and then they scream how we don't have water and electricity and Russia won't let us leave. Right. That's what's actually happening. There's just no denying this anymore, guys. There's an unbelievable large, it's a gigantic body of evidence. If you want to start going through each one and proving these people are paid shills or whatever else, then you feel free. Until you prove that, you can't keep dismissing all of this. You just can't. Now, here's what we get from the Western press. Now, I'm not saying you should dismiss one or the other. This could this could be true. What I don't understand is how this is the same level of evidence as over there. You don't just get to continue to pretend that AP has enough clout that they say things, therefore it's true. That's that is That is from 50 years ago. Oh, it's written in a newspaper? That means it's real. That's not how this works anymore. We've caught them lying a thousand times over. And half the time, they don't even realize. They're reporting what they're told or reporting what they get from people on the ground or their inside sources, the CIA that tells them this is how this stuff works today. So here's what we get from them. Pictures of the area, first of all. Just because you see people on the ground in these pictures reported by them saying this is what you're looking at doesn't mean that's what you're looking at. These people could have been killed before and add in all the information we're talking about. How we know the satellites weren't actually over the area, which they said they took them from in the time they took them from. We know that we've already shown them dragging bodies into place after the fact. All this stuff matters, guys. They've set this up. A devastating walk through the horrors.
Now I'm just going to show you a couple quick points here. Now you read it for yourself. This is a story. This is a novel. There's a pile of toys to the stairs of the basement. Plastic clo- clothespins sway in an empty line under cold gray sky. Right? This is not when you do that. Okay? Let's be honest about that. This is a novel. They're writing this as a story. Now, sometimes you could argue maybe that's what you used to pretend journal. That's, this is about de- people's lives that were destroyed. We don't, what does it really matter about the clothespins swaying on the background? This is emotionally manipulating you. That's what this is. Now, maybe, that, maybe you disagree. I think that's gross. But here's the, again, ammunition boxes are stacked beside empty Russian military rations. Don't miss how, how that continues to be a thing. Oh, look, there's a box on the ground. Therefore, Russia did this. We can tell. That keeps happening. That's a same old clumsy thing they do. Ever look, there's a passport. Look at that. In the middle of the bomb center. Right, right in the center of the bomb crater. Look at that, a passport. Good thing it didn't get burned. Oh, I just, I was looking this person. Mykola Babak is one of the key witnesses. I just found it interesting. This person is a prominent artist, writer, publisher, art collector in Ukraine. It's kind of interesting how these people keep popping up in the, you know, they're not talking to civilians, are they? Right? Like in most cases, we don't see their central roles, like the other one being a member of USAID, right? Which is a fact, which they just ran from. Like, isn't it interesting how these stories come up and this big thing, and they just put it down and jump to the next one? Why don't they address this? Why don't they address the fact this is undeniably a person who apparently survived the the bombing of the theater that really clearly has been shown not to be what they said it was and obviously works for USAID? You know, as James Corbett calls the Trojan horse for the CIA, the CIA, but what does what the CIA did back 50 years ago today? Regime change. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying I know this. I'm just saying it's interesting. These are the kind of people that they focus on. Why don't they talk to all the refugees? Right? Why don't they go out there with a microphone and just randomly catch refugees as they flee? Right? Wouldn't that be more accurate? Of course not. Because then you might just might get something that they don't want you to hear. Sort of like that guy. Let me see if I can find this really quickly. I just found this to be hilarious. Oh, I think it was. uh, Here, hold on. Let me see if I can find it right here. The guy that was leaving from Ukraine. And uh, basically, oh, is this the one? I hope this is it. This might be a longer version of it. Yeah, (laughs) that's actually perfect. Here, let me grab this. I want to keep this clip too. So here is a clip. You'll see it in a second. Here it is. That we that we've talked about in the past. And this is why I argue they don't do stuff like this. And I don't know why she thought she could do it. Maybe she was told that everybody in there was upset, and so she assumed it would be. Oh, here, let me just download it actually because I was going to do that anyway. So I can save it for later. And she walks up to this guy on the train, right? And asks him about what's going on, and he goes four twenty. We, we, you know, you in America four twenty. We like, and it's just like the guy is. And she asks him, he's like, "I'm fine." Now it doesn't mean that everybody else isn't upset, but just ask yourself how interesting it is that this is being framed a certain way. The point of showing you this is just to show you what happens, you know, when they actually go up and just impromptu speak to people. Because where all that noise is coming from, where all that military sound that you're hearing, there are civilians there at the end of that. Yeah, right. And and you could prove that's Russia. That's what they're talking about. No, you can't. They're just going to say that. 
terrified civilians. The, the, it, we, look, these are some of them that have just come out. Oh, so you see what I mean? And that was, that's even better. This is the best setup. They're all so terrified. Now, yeah, I'm sure some of them are. But instead of going up and saying, hey, how do you feel today? She's like, here are some really scared people. Let's go look at how scared they are. It's propaganda. Um, again, there's a, a small gaggle of, of, of um, journalists here. Um, oh, and recognize the people that they are. Hold on, make sure I who are who are trying to get into the city to talk to some of the civilians, and these are the coaches that they're being taken out on. Um, let's let's just take a quick look inside. You know what I love? I just want to point this out. I think it's funny because BBC is always so high. Oh, wait, this is Sky News. Yes, yeah, Sky News, but you know, similar point. You notice how they just walk up and go right in front of everybody else? Like there's cameramen right here. Billions, and these are the coaches that they're being taken Two out cameramen. on. <laughs> they just um, jam in there and step right in front of them. <laughs> let's just take a quick look. Because they're not pompous with you and like full of hubris at all, right? Worst guy news, get out of the way. Side before, just to get a quick. Does anyone speak English here? Yeah. Hi, how, what was it like in there? Where you've you just uh, come from, Erfen or somewhere else? We were on circle. Uh... Like, you know, when you're... It's okay. Don't worry. Okay, they're, they're very stressed. Tell me quickly, are you all right? I'm all right. <laughs> now, what's funny is I'd like to know what those people were actually saying, whether or not they were stressed at all or they were just saying, get out so we can get moving or whatever, right? That's probably, that's what it seemed like to me. Like, get out, like, stop, you know, we're... But it's just funny how it's all about the way they want to frame this. And how, how many people are trapped I in there? legalized. 420. American? Uh, British. 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 Uh, how many uh, more? Cannabis how... legalized in Great Britain. Pardon? Uh, is uh, cannabis legalized in Great Britain? <laughs> I don't know whether cannabis, uh, cannabis <laughs> is licensed. Uh, I'm glad that's all you're thinking about. How many civilians are still there, do you think? Uh, I think not many. Uh, those. Oh, not many. Well, that's interesting. How is that possible? Right? So they're fleeing Mariupol. And now there's not many there. This was back in the beginning of March. Oops. Right? It's all construct, guys. The whole damn thing is being, is being used against you. That guy's from there. Now, you could pretend he's lying, sure. But not, you're not supposed to do that with the mainstream construct when they're using the mainstream's interviewing. And that has to be fact because mainstream's doing it. How can there be nobody there or a few people left? Or rather, the point would be made today when they're claiming there's hundreds of thousands left and they're stuck there. You know, he could be wrong, of course. Maybe he doesn't know the whole area. I'm just saying that there's inconsistent information, especially when you speak to the people that are actually leaving the area. You don't see this very often, and that's why. Because they're ridiculous. And they get caught when they try to use impromptu reporting. But it says, and just note, note that there's got just a bunch of sad-looking pictures. Now, this is the Mikhaila Babak guy, I believe. Uh, is that what it says? It just is a random family, but it looks like their whole thing is talking about the family and, and him, and it kind of looks like him. I could be wrong. But the point is, you know, it's a, it, a family walking down the street. Does that prove that it, that it was Russia instead of Ukraine? Right? Sad people crying. Does that prove that it was Russia instead of Ukraine? No. None of this really does. But that's what they're saying the entire time. The story is part of an ongoing investigation by the Associated Press and Frontline that includes the War Crimes Watch Ukraine interactive experience. And an upcoming documentary. I wonder if CIA Penn is going to be doing that one. But here is the point. This is what they're doing. Look, AP Frontline, PBS. 
Okay, potential war crimes documents in Ukraine. Okay, well, let's see. So they seem to be putting their names on it, right? AP and Frontline, we're the ones checking all of this, right? No. Here's Bucha. Here's, I mean, they're literally every allegation that's been made is listed here. 112. Now, I'm not saying they're all fake, but what I can tell you for a certainty is that many of them are false. But apparently AP's checked them and they're good. See my point? No, you, you don't have to believe me. You could, you could argue that I'm wrong and they're right. But I would hope you would do your due diligence and not just take their word for it. Because the reality is all of this has been shown very clearly, guys. Bucha specifically is not what they're telling you it is. So too with the theater. The theater was a massive manipulation. And now just because you're pretending that I'm like hiding people's deaths, or like, oh, you, you're, you know, I just, it's amazing the way they want to frame this. Like, how dare you cover that up? Is that what I even said? The reality is that people clearly are being killed, and you just don't want to acknowledge that the extremist neo-Nazis you're supporting and hiding that fact from everybody, or pretending you are, are the ones that are capable of doing it, and are in fact doing it. But according to them, this story is an ongoing part of blindly repeating what we're being told by Ukraine. Great job, journalism. Again, show me where this proves anything. This is just a bunch of images of things that are well past when it actually happened. Around 6 p.m. on March 31st, again, remember that March 30th is when they left, the Babak remembers, and Babak remembers this clearly, he says, this is the one guy that seems central throughout this whole story. Interesting. The Russians jumped into their vehicles and left. So quickly, they abandoned the bodies of their champions. Okay, so explain for me how they rushed out on March 30th to 31st that these people that clearly were there for, that, that had, let's just say had to have been there if it was Russia from 31st forward. But yet after a week in 50 degree temperatures, they're not even bloated. They're not even discolored. They're, there's fresh blood in the ground. You hear that silence? That's nobody even caring to look at that. The Western press jumps right past it, pretends it's not there. The silence is deafening. It's all very valid points, and you know it is, but they will never point at it. Now he watches police and other investigators arrive, look at the bodies in the courtyard, and leave. What? Right, so it's exactly what we told you, and they called fake news, which was that the police forces came to the area way before this was supposed to have happened, saw the people there, and didn't say anything about it. Only until the 4th did they speak up about what was there. Three days after the Aza Battalion was verifiably there. Quote, on this street, we were fine. Taking stock of the occupation. In Bucha, everything is relative. Quote, we weren't shooting anyone who stepped out of the house. They weren't. On the next street, they did. Okay, so, quick point. So basically, he's saying that on this street, we were fine. So let's not pretend that the street he's talking about is the one littered with dead bodies, right? So what does that show you? This man was on a different street. This person was on a different street, and our street was fine. They weren't shooting anyone. Who, they were. They weren't shooting anyone who stepped out of their house. On the next street, they did. Oh, you mean the street that you're not on? That you saw after the fact? I'm not even making this up, guys. This is so. I'm showing you people that literally came from the very moment, the very front. They watched this happen. People were being shot. We saw them doing it. They tied their hand. And yeah, that could be fake. But all they can do is, here's a guy that just walked up today. What do you think about it? <laughs> here's a guy who's reasonably well-known, who is, instead of just average civilians, who says this happened, but he wasn't even on the street. 
So you can't consider that it was not who you thought it was on the other street? Just a bunch of pictures. A woman cries as they listen to Ukrainian servicemen speaking about the formerly Russian occupied. You see what I mean? Like, is that what's happening? Or is she crying because the Ukrainian military just murdered her son in front of her? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. My point is neither do you. And if you're only going to take AP's word for it, then you're being naive. Walking through Bucha, a reporter encountered two dozen witnesses of the Russian occupation. Dang it, this is already over an hour. Almost everyone said they saw a body. Sometimes several more. Civilians were killed, mostly men, sometimes picked off at random. Many, including the elderly, say they themselves were threatened. Oh, let me see. Is there a link in there somewhere? No, no link. Not even a name. So what is this? AP saying reporters saw dead people and reporters saw other people who said they saw dead people and were threatened. That is some good journalism right there. So we heard other reporters who we won't even name or won't even tell you where they came from, or rather a reporter, a reporter encountered lots of people. Okay, but there's been dead people shown. Are we even debating those dead people? They're trying to pretend one side is, but that's never been the case. We're saying that they killed people and are blaming it on somebody else. In fact, it's the exact same thing they're setting up in the beginning, except now it's ridiculous when we say it in reverse, because that makes sense. I just can't get past how this is evidence. The question that survivors, investigators, and the world would like answered is why? Oh, really? So now we're just skipping past verification? We're skipping past actually wondering what actually went down? No, we're just going to jump right over that and explain to you why Russia did this. See my point? Quote, it certainly appears to be very, very deliberate. But it's difficult to know what more motivation was behind this, a senior U.S. defense official said, speaking on the the condition of anonymity. (laughs) Round and round we go, right? Now, this person, Menchenko, is another artist, right? Where are all the average individual civilians that are fleeing with their families, right? That's weird how they don't focus in on the endless amount of those people that are there. He found another way to help, spotting Russians through binoculars and telling them appropriate people where they were. Okay, so again, that's the point I was making. Let's be clear. If you're sitting there, civilian or not, and you are spotting for the military, that makes you a military target, guys. I'm not justifying that. I'm not even saying I agree with that. I'm saying in the context of war, when you do that, you become part of that entity. You are there doing so. And anybody in any military context would tell you that especially in a situation like this where there are people all over the place being used as individual civilians or people from other parts of the world, or this is not what you would expect in a normal military situation, whatever that would mean. But so he's telling you, I sat there and spotted them and told them what they were doing. So let's be clear. First of all, this person's working with a extremist group because that's where they are right now. These are neo-Nazi as a battalion groups, and he's helping them spot people. That's, you know, makes him a bad person in my mind, working along bad people. But let's be clear, you could argue the same thing reverse about what you think the Russian government would be capable of, but this is an extremist group. This is like comparing another one of them, a military that commits atrocities to a an open like ISIS level entity, which is just an extension of those same groups in my mind, different conversation. But the point is the same is that one is a, quite a bit different to work alongside. Now it says the Russians had a list of Ukrainian military personnel to look for. And it happened that Menchenko was staying with one. Okay. So what happened was the Russians found him, look at their list. He says, I was almost killed, but someone said, quote, this is not the guy from the list. He worries the Russians will be back with more experienced fighters who might not hesitate to fire. Think about that framing. 
So this guy gets found literally helping the military, the extremist neo-Nazis that at least on the narrative, the Russians are trying to stop. They find him, verify that he's literally helping them. And instead of shooting him in the head, exactly like, you know, the Aza battalion has been and would do to anybody, even their own people fleeing, as they've told you. They let him go because he's not the person on the list. Does that sound like a terrible, drunk, out-of-control military that's just murdering anybody in front of them that has no... No, it does not. That's literally from the Western press telling you that they checked the list. That's a civilian. Even though he's helping them, let him go. For crying out loud, guys. It's... it's, Why would they even report that? It's just so clumsy how obvious it... Because they want you to make it look like they're the ones uprooting these people's lives that are fighting for freedom. This guy's fighting for his liberation. No, you are literally assisting a puppet regime that's killing people all over the place. And they still let him go. Now ask yourself whether you think the Azov Battalion would even let go anybody that crossed their path, including people that were on their side. The evidence shows you the opposite. Their history shows you the opposite. What the Western press said about them 30 seconds ago says the opposite. But now it just all changes because you're now a conspiracy theorist, even though you say what they said right before this started. But of course, his point is, if they were more experienced, they might not hesitate. They didn't hesitate to fire. They made a conscious choice not to hurt him because he wasn't on the list. And he says it right there. Now, I wonder whether this is even what he said. Because look, that's not quoted. That is Associated Press framing what they want you to think. But again, just pictures, 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 pictures of things that they did because they've admitted to burying these mass graves. They said they did that. But they're all hiding it from you. Now, there's plenty more in here you can read for yourself, guys. But it goes on like this. Well, yes, that is evidence, and it could mean something. But is it the same as watching individuals who are leaving the area with plenty of other people, just crowds around them, other media personnel from all different places, different locations, all saying the same thing? It's pretty embarrassing, really, when you really think about it. Now, last point here. Let's just listen to this one more time. I want us to really listen. If you haven't heard this, or I I forgot it's actually in subtitles, so I'll read it really quickly. But I want us to see what what they're saying. This is the Aza Battalion telling you what they actually think. Hold on, was this it? Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I didn't download it because it is in subtitles, so we'll just play it right here. Okay. So... This says, directly contradicting the U.S. narrative, coming straight from the Ukrainian extremists that your tax dollars are supporting. It says, we were now being given so much weaponry, not because, as some say, West is helping us, but because they want, uh, not because they want the best for us, but because we perform the tasks set by the West. Exactly. They're puppets of the West. They don't care about your agenda. They don't care about freedom. They don't care about anything other than what they're trying to accomplish, and they're using it as a means to an end. Because we are the only ones who are ready to do them. Because we have fun. We have fun killing. And we have fun fighting. They're killing people. They're killing people that are all, the, the, the Donbass people, and that's what they're telling you. And elsewhere. So why is it we have fun killing people? And they're talking about before the Russian situation here, guys. They've been committing tasks for the West before this started. Who are they killing exactly? Right? You don't get to pretend that's not there. This, this is one of the entities tied to the A's of Italian, but I believe it's C-14 is the main group we're talking about here. Now it says because we have fun killing, fun, fun fighting, it says we, they, and they're like, wow, let's see what's going to happen. And that's the reason for the new alliance. Turkey, Poland, Britain, Ukraine. 
He says, we are the flagmen here because we have started a war that has not been seen for 60 years. So imagine how many weapons have, how many veterans we have, how many weapons we have. He says, and now imagine Russian falls apart, turns into five different Russias or whatever. We have most javelins on the European, maybe UK has more. This potential of these armed forces will immediately become a problem for all. Who are now going to try and give us problems? It is our joy and our sorrow. You need to understand why. Yeah, it's hard not to because we have, as uh, we are Ukrainians, our ass has suffered over 300 years. Which part was? I'm trying to cut to the chase here. Not, the obvious point is just simply saying we enjoy killing, we enjoy doing these things, we're bad people, basically. The last part was simply where he gets into right here. So he says, uh, Maidan was the victory for the nationalist ideas. Right. That's again, don't forget, we know that U.S. forces were involved with the shooting and they knew that and they covered it up. Fact. Easy to prove. Western press will lie about it every single day, just like they still lie about how the con- how Congress put a block on funding the Azov Battalion, even though the Pentagon stepped up and removed that block and it's on the record. They all know that. They all don't care. Nationalists were the key factor there and clearly on the front lines. Now there's a lot of speculation saying, well, there were only a few neo-Nazis. LGBTQ and foreign embassies saying there were not much Nazis in the Maidan. Maybe about 10%. Ideological ones. He says, the thing is that such a thing can say only a moron was that never was at war. And don't understand that those 10%, maybe even less 8%, but how much they are much more effective in the proportion of influence. How much their effectiveness was endless. If not for those 8% of neo-Nazis, the effectiveness of the Maidan would have been dropped by 90%. The point is, guys, they were there and they made this happen. And it was all about the Nazi entities that they were creating and that the CIA has been building since the beginning. The beginning. If you'd like to know more about that specific topic, I I highly recommend you check out this last show. I guess it's further back. Shoot. One second. Right here. An important one in regard to the background. Documents prove the CIA has been cultivating fascism in Ukraine since at least 1948. Now, last point on this. I want this. This is the I actually have the picture just in case this updates because these always update. But here's Twitter with their ridiculous sourceless fact posting. <laughs> it's just silly. Ukrainians urge to flee the country's eastern region as Russia increases the tax. So they're literally saying the Donbass region is being urged to flee. This is utter fake news. You know why? Because that's not even remotely what's happening. The Donbass people and uh, the military side of it are in fact fighting alongside Russia, the DPR people we're talking about. But in regard to this area, we're talking about eastern Ukraine specifically. If you're really going to pretend that Russia's bombing this area, you are utterly unaware of what's happening. Verifiably so. What it says is Ukraine's deputy prime minister said that Kiev had agreed to use the nine humanitarian corridors to help people escape heavy fighting in the eastern parts of the country. It's ridiculous. They've already been going into Russia this entire time. There is tens of thousands of people fleeing from Ukraine into Russia, and it's constantly been happening. They just pretend like it's not there. What they're, what we're, now they're going to pretend they're going to open corridors into the neo-Nazi controlled territory that these people that have been ethnically cleansed in Donbass for eight years are going to just take them up on. 
It's an illusion. And what they're going to do is pretend that they're not letting people leave. I promise that's what's happening. But it's saying as Russian forces continue their attacks on the region. This is for the average, you know, Karen out there who's n- has no idea what's happening. It's watching CNN who's going to go, oh, no, the people in Donbass. Oh, and, and listen and talk about the Donbass mayor who just spoke up, who's not even in Donbass, who's in fact literally a, a uh, what was his position in Mariupol? I forget. The bottom line is this was a puppet put in place by Zelensky to pretend he represents Donbass. He's not in control of Donbass. He is a part of the Azov controlled territory, period. So they want you to think they're hurting people in Donbass when, in fact, that's the exact opposite. What they're doing is defending this territory. Now, no, that does not mean they're not capable of doing bad things every single time. Local authorities said a grave with at least two civilian bodies has been found. And so, therefore, Russia bad guy? Because it's impossible that Ukraine could have killed people, right? A grave, Russia did it. Zelensky said he discussed the possibility of additional sanctions on Russia, right, because of something we didn't prove. Just like everything else. Oh, and as Carlos points out, uh, why wasn't the U.S. government suspended from the U.N. Human Rights Council in light of the incontrovertible proof, not subjective allegations, but incontrovertible proof that its military had carried out the most despicable torture at Abu Ghraib? How about that? Ah, who cares? We were fighting for freedom, right? As, it lo- as we look back and realize that half these people were there based on subjective allegations and unverifiable things that were later let go after years and decades. But who cares? Now, I don't, I, you know, the, the reality is that when you even made that argument in the midst of this fervor, you were, oh, dare you, they're terrorists, because that was the point. And that's what's happening now in Ukraine. You can't even suggest that they're being lied about because Russia's so bad. How dare you suggest that? It's just, it's the, it's the momentum. They use it. But Russia gets kicked out of the UN Human Rights Council. And as I said before, I could make plenty of arguments for why most of them shouldn't be on this council. But why does one make sense and not the other? Oh, that's right, because U.S. good guy. Child. Now let's get into another childish discussion here in regard to how people are still being lied to about what's going on around COVID-19. Let's start with Dr. Fauci, Mr. Fauci, and the reality of what they're still pushing in. This is this. My brother broke this down for me and where where this was happening uh, when this was happening, and this was uh, here. The date isn't updated. This is from April fifth. Okay, so five days ago. So pretty reasonably recent. I'm sure little things have come since then, but I, I'm just kind of going back to what I had listed out because I wanted to get to this grouping of information. But so here's what he says. Oh, actually, I uh, believe. Let me see how loud it is. Thank you very much, Doc. Eh, I'll download it. So he's going to go over a couple of different things. And I just, it's, it's really baffling to me that we're at a point where he is just doubling down on narrative. I mean, some really obvious things that are just so incredibly obvious. Now, I mean, I've shown you countless peer-reviewed studies that continue to show you the almost useless nature of, of where these injections have, be, have gotten to, even after one day, the first 30 days, and on and on. I mean, it's, it's just below 50% relative risk reduction. That's like 0.08, 0.04%. That's nothing. It's, in, it's not statistically significant. It also puts it below the percentage which is supposed to be required for emergency authorization, but nobody cares about that. Because they're already, they're just keeping this going until they can jam in the universal one that they're clearly right now working on. Which, by the way, should make you wonder aggressively why they're still pushing this booster on people while they're making something because that one doesn't work. They know it doesn't work. That's why they're making the next one. But they're still pretending like you have to take this one now because it works and it's safe and effective. 
Great. Very smart. Where is this one? This one is 3050. Okay. Right here. All right. I'm sorry to make you listen to Fauci, but let's take a listen. Fauci? Thank you very much, Dr. Walensky. I would like to now discuss the COVID-19 boosters, particularly in the context of the fourth dose of an mRNA. Boosters! That's right, because we're on the fourth one now. Whoever saw that coming? Not you guys, right? A boost. Let's take a very quick update and overview of the situation that we're in right now. So several studies have shown that COVID-19 vaccine booster shots protect against serious illness, hospitalizations, and even death. Okay, let's take a quick dance back into the way this started and how it was 100% effective against everything all the time, and you won't get sick, and you won't go to the hospital, and you won't die, and we know for sure, and you're crazy. Now look what it says. Several studies have shown that this vaccine booster helps, or shots, protect against these things. Oh, to what degree? 1%? 5%? 50%? Who cares? It protects you, so it could be any of that. It could be 0.01%. Well, that still protects you against these things. To what degree does it protect you? Nah, doesn't even matter anymore, because it's just about narrative. And it's only several studies. What about the other 47 of them that say the opposite? Oh, we don't point at those ones. We only point at these several that say what we like. If you can't see how this is happening by now, you're not paying attention. They have been jumping from goal, pushing and dragging this goalpost from spot to spot the entire time. Several studies show that the injection booster protects against serious illness, hospitalization, and even death, which, by the way, is not even remotely true because these things don't do that. And they keep showing you the opposite from all the data. And then they keep hiding that data. They keep showing you that everybody who is getting these things are exponentially at higher risk, both by risk per 100,000, as well as the general overall risk. Whereas 90% of all the people dying in the UK over the last report were people that were injected. But who cares? Because it's all fake news, because you don't understand what you're looking at. That's why we're censoring all the data that allows you to understand it. CDC recommends everyone age 12 years or older get a booster. 12-year-olds or older, right? The people that are, according to Oxford Calculator, at a one in a million chance of dying. And we now know that it's even the, the fake news myocarditis story is totally real, but it's just super not as serious as you thought it was. So at one point it was fake news. Now it's real, but you don't understand how it's not as bad as you think it is. Why can't these people stand back and go, okay, they said you're a liar. That's not true. And then a day later it is, well, yeah, okay, here's myocarditis, but here's why their conspiracy theorists were overplaying how serious it is. It's the same thing happening today. They're not neo-Nazis, you conspiracy theorists. And I'm talking literally 24 hours later, it was like, well, there's neo-Nazis there, but here's why Putin's lying. It's almost like these, the psychotic nature of this. You have to see that is a lie. That's not an evolution of understanding. That is a lie. That is them altering their narrative to adjust to what just got found out. 12-year-olds are being hurt. 30-year-olds are being hurt by this. The point, though, is this is being forced on people at a time when now this is already, I mean, we're barely even talking about it anymore. Oh, and certain individuals can receive two boosters. Let me have him say that. That's a well-established fact now. And the- oh, I, what he's saying that is about how it can protect you. It's a well-established fact that it has some small percentage of protection. Right. 
I don't even know if I agree with that, but how funny it is is that they're protect. What's a, what's the fact Fauci? What's the percentage? What is actually happening? This is like saying this thing will help you not get sick. That's a fact. Now, what does that even mean? Does that mean that it's going to boost my immune system? Does that mean that it's going to actually stop the virus? Does that mean that it's going to, you know, there's a thousand things these things could mean, but it's fact according to Fauci, even though all of that has been shown a thousand times over to not even remotely be fact. In fact, the exact opposite is shown in many peer-reviewed studies that I've already shown you, that in fact, it increases your risk, not, not only just in the first 10 days, but also after 60 days, and in so many cases, after 30 days. After 90 days for sure, it, it goes up to almost 75% increased risk. That's two of their own studies that have come out, and they keep pretending like we don't understand what we're looking at. It's not an anomaly when you find it twice in a row, especially. It could be, but the point is that scientifically speaking, that adds a lot of credence. And what we're seeing is negative efficacy. That is hurting you. Now, really what we're talking about is the substance destroying your immune system and then your body is hurting you. But nonetheless, the injection is hurting you. But it's fact, according to Fauci, because his whole career and potentially life is on the line. So, of course, he's going to triple, double, quadruple down. CDC recommends everyone aged 12 and older to receive a COVID-19 vaccine booster after completing their primary vaccination series. So the booster being the third shot, right? So after two shots, if you are at exponentially increased risk of getting sick, and then you're also at exponentially increased risk of getting sick after the third shot, why would you do that? I mean, look, with this, okay, if what we're talking about is continuing the spread of this, that's called transmission. If you want to look at transmission on the last report before they censored everything from seeing this, this is from March 27th. Why doesn't this make sense to people? The, the, uh, the, this one is the, the next category over. We're talking about this one right here. Okay. Look at the add up. I mean, the, 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 it's incredible. Look at 1829. More than three times the risk of getting sick. That's what this is. This is the unadjusted rates among persons not vaccinated per 100,000 versus people with three. Two is way worse. That's why they covered it up here. But the point is that every single category, without fail, every one of them except under 18, which I keep telling you is being aggressively manipulated. I don't know any other way to explain it. But every, and I don't mean explain it because that's the 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 numbers speak for themselves. It's impossible. They are dumping things in this category to, I think, slant the entire thing. But just it, the point is, in general, from 18 to over 80, every single category has a at least three times. This is almost four times. No, it's over four times risk. 30 to 39 has a four times the risk of getting COVID if they've got three doses. How in the world are you pretending like that's a safe thing to do? Now, even if you want to pretend that, oh, well, that's good because it's going to decrease. I mean, doesn't that, it's, what's funny is you can't pretend that's good if you're going to undermine the Great Barrington Declaration and say that's fake news because you're arguing the same thing to let it spread, but the push you're adding an injection increases all sorts of other risks. But the bottom line is, even if you want to pretend that it decreases their hospitalization and death, which is not true, the data does not back that up, you're still continuing the spread, which they say creates the variant. So it's an endless situation, endless. But this is why they're hiding it right here, because this is showing you they are at risk. Then you can come over here, by the way, and recognize this obvious little tidbit that we're talking about. I mean, all the way up to forty to forty-nine, guys. Look at the look at the trade-off to death. So now we're talking about people that have a four times increased risk of getting COVID nineteen. Then all the way up to thirty-nine, they have a point one difference in regard to death. 
0.1. So within 60 days, in 30 to 40, 30 to 49, it's 0.6 versus 0.7. Okay, so now stand back and realize that if you're not injected, you have a apparently a 0.7 risk of dying from COVID. But if you have three doses, you have a 0.6 risk of dying from COVID. But you have a four times the increased risk of getting it, which then increases that risk in general, doesn't it? So what we can understand is that if you have a three doses and four times the risk of getting COVID and a 0.6 risk of dying if you get COVID, and this person over here has a four times less chance of getting COVID and only a 0.7 chance of dying, they're at less risk, 100%. Then you realize that's all those categories in general up until 49, but nonetheless, these are obvious. Okay, back to the other point. And certain individuals can now receive two boosted, booster doses, people who are moderately or severely immune compromised, as well as adults 50 years of age or older. Next. Okay, so here is how you know for sure that they're lying to you. I just can't, I can't get past this, and I, I don't even understand why this isn't the most gigantic story out there. This is still the most recent documentation from, from the, this is Europa.eu, from the risk management plan for Pfizer, or specifically BioNTech and Pfizer, and their BNT162B2, November 2021. It says, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the safety profile of the vaccine is not known in immunocompromised individuals because they didn't use them in the study. That's still to this day. So but we don't know if it's safe for immunocompromised. But Fauci's saying, for the people that we don't know if it's safe, you should take four of them. Because we don't know that it's safe for you. How? I mean, I don't even understand that. That's what I put this out for. Anyone out there supporting this madness want to explain why this even remotely makes sense? Here's the two links. Here's the clip he just showed you. Here's the same thing I just showed you. The safety is not known. Immunocompromised, immunocompromised. I don't understand how we can't recognize this. And we can. Where is everybody else? This is so this shows you how controlled everything is. If this is in plain English, right in front of us, their most current documentation, and Fauci just rolls it out and says, get the fourth one if we don't, because we don't know it's safe for you. Is he trying to hurt these people? Is he too stupid to know this? I don't know. The bottom line is that's irresponsible, dangerous, misinformation. We'll keep pointing it out. Share the link. Slide. And as we know, on March 29th, the FDA authorized second booster doses of two COVID-19 vaccines for older and immunocompromised individuals. And the CDC recommend that same day that additional boosters can now be used for certain individuals. Let's take a look at the data behind those decisions. Let's. So the first, the first booster doses um, uh, restore the waning vaccine effectiveness of a primary vaccine series, including against severe disease. Oh, right. How long exactly, Fauci? Oh, it doesn't restore it? Except that's not even true. It, it rest- when he says restore, it brings it to a lower level than they claim was there before Omicron. So how does that restore anything? That's their documentation. In fact, it also shows you that after one day, it aggressively diminishes. And after 30, you're below 50% relative risk reduction. 
But yeah, it restores it though. Get the third one and then get the fourth one in three days because you're already falling apart. This is their science, guys. I'm showing you the ones we continue to point out is their information from their studies. I don't understand how this is even being allowed. This is criminal. The effectiveness of the first booster dose, we know, wanes over time. And, 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 all, and two different peer-reviewed studies have found that every one of these doses will wane just the same because that's what they've shown in the studies, peer-reviewed and otherwise. They will... Con- I, 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 I'll ta- I'm, I'm going to take peer-reviewed back on that exact point just because I don't remember if it was an MRX, the, uh, the, the preprint study or not. In any case, there's two studies that both found that. I've shown you many times that they immediately wane, first of all, and then after the, it's, uh, I I feel like I just went back to the second point. Anyway, let me go back real quick. For older and the first booster doses, um, uh, restore the waning vaccine effectiveness of a primary vaccine series, including against severe disease. The effectiveness of the first booster dose we know wanes over time and growing evidence indicates that a second COVID-19 dose can restore vaccine effectiveness for certain populations, and albeit the data now, at least for the short term. And we look forward. But that's not true. And he knows that's not true because those studies continue to show you that these shots are going to do the same thing. Really, the reality is that what it does to your body creates a situation where the shot fades away and your body does not do what it's supposed to because your body's being manipulated. This is their research, and it continues to show you that this will wane. And guess what, guys? That becomes a three-month cycle. And they keep telling you that. That is what we keep trying to show you. So what's amazing is I can point at it and say, this is what they're telling you is going to happen. And then be oh, you're fake news because you're suggesting that what? I'm suggesting what they told you is going to happen is going to happen? Man, what fake news? We're now watching countries like Israel see their cases surge to spark high vaccination rates. How important are boosters to maintaining this no lockdown plan and how soon we need to get them so that we can maintain these freedoms we're being promised? We need to get used to being vaccinated with COVID vaccines for the future. Um, I can't see that COVID is not going to be with us forever. Um, Maybe in the future we can have even better vaccines and coverage across the world to achieve that. I mean, as a public health doctor, we always want to have diseases go, um, get totally eliminated, but that's not on the horizon in the near future. So booster doses, repeat doses will be part of it. You know, there'll be different advice about different schedules, which doses you get. But at the moment, our priority has to be getting first and second doses into people. And there will be recommendations about booster doses in the future. And I can assure you that the Commonwealth Government has has purchased a large quantities of vaccine into 2022 and this will be a regular cycle of vaccination and revaccination. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So how is it possible that when we point at that and say that's what they're planning, we get called fake news? Because we live in a fake world. <laughs> I mean, I just don't even understand how that's possible unless there are people that are willing to undermine their own safety and their own future because they have chosen a political side. We're to longer-term data. Next slide. So let's take a look at some of the Israeli studies. There are a few of them that are really quite telling. One from Bar-On, 
looking at more than 1 million people who are age 60 or older and eligible for the fourth dose. And in that look at and that uh, study, an additional booster dose of the Pfizer product at four months resulted in a twofold lower rate of confirmed infection. Right. Okay. So think about, well, here, let me finish the, and a 4.3 fold lower rate of severe illness. I mean, this is so incredibly dishonest because what we're keep, I mean, they told you themselves that this is less, this doesn't work as well as it did before with Delta because Omicron is breaking everything, right? So when they come out and go, well, we did the study with the fourth thing. That's the same thing based on the same isolate. That's not actually what we're dealing with right now in their narrative, right? That's a fact. This is still based on the original Wuhan isolate they claim and, the, and, and plus the first thing that happened. That's it. That doesn't make sense. And everyone, and Fauci included, tells you that. I won't play the clip again, telling you that if you do this and it's wrong, it's the wrong antibody, then you're going to make a problem. Fauci said that. Cole said that. That other doctor I play said they all tell you that. We know if you, if you, if you vaccinate with the wrong antibodies, then it's a problem. Well, what are we talking about? This is different. That's why they keep telling you it's changing. That's why they're making something different. So they keep giving you things and making antibodies for something that's not in existence right now. They're trying to hurt you if they know that. My point is that they give you this fourth one of something you still don't need. And that twofold lowers the rate of what they're telling you is confirmed infection, right? That's based on the previous situation. So if all you're doing is lowering what you currently had, where was it before? Doesn't that matter? I mean, just think about this is like saying you're in a position where you're like 99% of people are dying and you bring it back down to 99 or 98 and you go, we had a huge decrease in death. Well, are you happy with 98% people dying? We don't even get the context. They just go, look, it lowered it for you. Okay, well, what happens afterward? Is there a risk of myocarditis? Is there a risk of blood clots? Is there a risk of everything else? None of that even matters. It doesn't even play in, even though they verified those are there. But super, super, super rare, but they don't even talk about it. 4.3 fold lower rate of severe illness. Now, bottom line on all of this, guys, is none of this is backed up by the data that we keep seeing. None of it. In another study, next slide, again, from Israel by, uh, there it is, by Arbel, about a half a million members of a health services group, again, age 60 years of age or older, and now during an Omicron surge, it says individuals who received a second booster dose at least four months before had a 78% reduction in death compared to those who received only one booster. Again, what we're first of all talking about is a manipulation. There's a, an aggressive manipulation of the data at any point we're talking about, right? We've seen this. We've watched this continue to happen. So every time they do these new injections, they take the really quick beginning of this and they break it down and go, see, see, it's working. Even though they already know and have already proven with previous studies that after that moment, it's going to fall off the cliff, even though they've already recognized that it began to do that right when it started. So I just don't understand why we keep playing this game where they jump into the next one. And we do a quick little study and go, see, it's working. Everybody's back to safety again, even though that's never even been achieved. And we're not even been, we, it's not even the reality in the first place. More trials on, on getting this into adults in general. But I'm going to leave it there and come back. I want to jump into this article from CounterSignal. Ontario COVID death rate among vaccinated and boosted surpasses unvaccinated. This is what we are seeing. How in the world can you pretend what Fauci just said is true when this is what we're seeing 
anywhere that's being honest. That's why Scotland hide the data because this was what it was showing. That's now why the UK is hiding the data. And I'll show you that next because this is what it's showing. Firstly, it should be noted that the Ontario government has begun conflating those who are unvaccinated with those who've received one dose in certain statistics. We already told you this was happening. They've already conflated this in the past. And then there's places that do, places that don't, and it becomes impossible to find that that's what they want. As of April 5th, those who have not received two doses of COVID vaccine have a COVID death rate of 0.02 per capita, as do the fully vaccinated. However, those who have received booster shots have a COVID death rate of 0.03 per capita. These things matter. All figures are extremely low. The purported death rates have practically flatlined because this has never been that dangerous. They were conflating things from before, like flu, pneumonia, and everything else. And what they were doing to you, lockdowns, masks, and the moderate difference in death rates would likely be considered negligible if supposed vaccine efficacy hasn't been politicized to justify keeping vaccine and mask mandates in place. Additionally, those with a booster dose are also more likely to be infected with COVID, and I keep showing you all this, than any other group. Today, those with booster doses have a 22.35 cases per capita, fully vaccinated have 15.47 cases per capita, and partially vaccinated or unvaccinated have 12.75. Perhaps more alarming and statistically significant are the hospitalizations and ICU visits in the province. I can't, and I was showing you this back in Ontario as well. It's crazy. Actually, let me see if I can pull it up. I haven't pulled it up in a while. Uh, was it Ontario? Yeah, that's right. I think it's that right there. Let's see if I'm right. Come on. I'll come back in a second as it's loading. So it's saying, as it stands, there are 100, and this is was written on April 5th. As it stands, there are 184 and unvaccinated patients in the hospital, but not in the ICU. However, there are 671 fully vaccinated patients and 32 partially vaccinated patients. Unfortunately, the data does not distinguish how many fully vaccinated patients have received a booster dose. Of course not, because that's what they're trying to hide from you right now. They don't want you to break these things down by vaccination status because that exposes what's happening. Similarly, remember, remember the whole vax conversation? think the vaxxed versus unvaxxed study. That's why they so desperately hide from that, even though that's the most logical thing in the world. James Lyons-Weiler, by the way, has done that study and exposed it hands down. Well, the wellness visits are overwhelmingly higher with any child that's been vaccinated. They'll never admit this though. Similarly, there are 33 unvaccinated patients and only 60 and 68 fully vaccinated patients in the ICU. Now, my other point is always going to be, well, there's more people vaccinated, so it's going to look overrepresented, but that's not the reality. If they had told you in the beginning, but basically what that shows you, if that's what they're admitting, is that it's not doing anything. That you're just, you're just overrepresenting that position because there's more of you in that, in that category. Therefore, you're just the same risk if you're getting more people sick. The bottom line is, if they told you that if you got this, like for instance, if they said, if, you know, if 78% of people get the injection, then 78% of the ICU visits will be people that are injected. You would be like, well, I'm not taking that. That's what's happening though. Yep, here it is. Uh, here, perfect. Check this out, guys. I haven't looked at the, I didn't even know what this was going to be. I just pulled this up. I haven't looked. You remember I showed you this, guys, before. This I haven't looked at this in a while. Look at what it still says. Do you realize how long that it's been showing this? Do you realize how long this same thing? I mean, it's been, I mean, the last time we looked at this was probably a month and a half ago. So you're telling me for almost two months, the, the vast majority of ICU member, people in the ICU, that means that it's an emergency, not just being there to be checked on. They've been in, introduced to the hospital because they're struggling 
And that's mostly people with injections because that's exactly what you'd expect if you understand what's going on. Fully vaccinated cases, 63. That's, I mean, guys, this is more, this is like 60%. And understand, this is just, this is the, the, the last updated weekly report, I think. Here's hospital, but not ICU. Well over 75% fully vaccinated cases. I just don't know how you can pretend that doesn't show you there's a problem. Because you could say, well, yeah, they're going to get tested positive, which is what they said. You're going to see more cases in people that are vaccinated because that makes sense. But they're not going to get sick and die. Then they start getting sick and dying. They start going to the hospital. And they go, well, of course, because they're all vaccinated. What is, how did that even make sense to you? Why would they, in the majority, be getting sick and, and dying in the emergency room? That means that it's not working for them if the majority are in the... I mean, I should have to piece through this. Anyway, great report. He's on uh, Super U as well, if you want to check him out. Now, here's the report we got from the last week. We went over it. It's just undeniable. Here, Actually, here's the stats that we went over from this. And this is the main part of it's the death. And as I keep showing you guys, this is incredible. 92%, 92% of all the deaths in this, in this month time frame were fully injected. 92% after 60 days. After 28 days, it's 90%. Now, that's not risk per 100,000, but that's way over the 70-something percent of people that are injected. Any mathematical person will tell you, any, any statistician will be like, obviously, there's a problem in the vaccine category. They are just desperately trying to run from this. And all the people that are, are politically aligned are taking the shots and don't want to admit they're wrong. They'll just keep going, well, they told you it would be a majority, and they'll just keep yelling at you what they said. That doesn't mean anything. If 90 plus percent of all the people dying are vaccinated, then the vaccinated people are struggling. At the same point on all the rest of this, guys, you have 80% of the hospitalizations. You also have 79% of all the cases. Adam Schiff steps up. And by the way, I just saw another one today. I don't even know who it was. Seems like every person in politics is like, I just got COVID. Thank God I got my booster. Whatever that means. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous. And the point is that I don't know, I, I actually don't even know anybody that didn't get the shot and yet got COVID personally. But what's funny is they all, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just saying this because they want you to start thinking about COVID again without thinking, without them saying, be worried about COVID. This evening I got COVID tested positive. I'm feeling fine and grateful to be vaccinated and boosted. It's like, that's just irrationally stupid. I said, had you been unvaccinated, your risk of getting COVID would have been dramatically reduced according to the UK data. But yeah, grateful for narrative. Uh, hashtag, I stand with narrative. No engagement. None. Because it's under his, well, and people in his feed don't want to see this reality. They don't even want to comment on it because it's pretty clear what's showing. And the link's right there. There's no denying this. You see my point? Because in any other context, you would get just berated with people going, you conspiracy theorist. And Nope. Nothing. Because it's true and it's obvious, and everybody who looks at that with an with any brain cells can see that. Now, here's what they're saying. This is as of the last report. From April 1st, 2022, the UK government ended provision of free universal COVID testing. Such changes in testing policies affect the ability to robustly monitor COVID-19 cases by vaccination status. Why? That's not true. Not even remotely. So not giving free testing stops your ability to compare vaccination status to what you're finding? 
I mean, guys, that literally doesn't even make sense. They just go, oh, therefore, from this week forward, we're no longer going to tell you that information. But it says, but vaccine effectiveness is measured in other ways as detailed here. So basically click here for how you should think. That's what it is. It's a page that goes, here's the numbers you should know. <laughs> this is ridiculous because this is the only way to full. And I even, I keep telling you, even this is manipulated. But even with their manipulated data, they're still showing you what's happening, which shows you how really bad it is, even as they try to cover it up. So they just go, pull the plug, guys. This isn't working. Pull the plug. Scotland's done. They're done. We're no longer going to show you the data and yet pretend like we're being transparent. I mean, what? okay, so then you're not going to report on flu, pneumonia, anything else ever again? I don't see you guys giving out free testing for everybody. So why are you able to give us those reports then? Doesn't that compromise you? Yeah, we can all see how childishly stupid this is. They're hiding the facts. Now, as I said before, unless I'm missing something, because I I didn't actually see this part of it first, where it said this. I didn't catch that. And that's why it's good to share information, because here's TN Patriot speaking up, said Tennessee Patriot. Actually, we should just, because of that, I'm going to go ahead and follow them. They reached out. They said, hey, here's the point. It says right here, unfortunately, they have decided, and, and looks like they saw this. Let's see, what day was this? Oh, it looks like the same day. So good on them. They're just following up. It says they decided to discontinue publishing cases, hospitalizations, and deaths by age and vaccination status. If you have read this entire thread, the real reason for the suppression should be obvious. Does anyone have an alternate source for the data? Unfortunately, we're not going to have it because that's the only place, as far as I know, that it actually comes out from the UK. And you can see he's got a thread here going through the information. I have a couple points I'll show you. Keep it on this. Here's another point. He's, oh, first of all, this is really telling, guys, and I was just talking about this. Scotland numbers of reboosting the booster. It's early days, almost three months in, and this was on March 29th, so we have another week plus of data. I'm sure it's, it started uptick just barely, but I think it's pretty much stayed flat. I'm going to follow back up and show you this, but it says, so can't read too much into it. But I mean, I think you can, especially when we're talking 70, we're talking months, right? Three months. But so far, shot four is looking as popular as a rattlesnake in a, in a lucky dip. I'm not sure what that means, but if you have off just the third dose, I mean, ex- same explosion, I mean, even more than anything that went off faster than anything. And then the fourth dose comes and it's like zero. What does that show you? Now there could be other explanations, but I think it shows you that these people, especially the ones that have been buying the narrative after dose three and all this time are like, okay, you know what? I'm done. Now, maybe it's just fed up. Maybe it's just that I'm done because I don't want to do this anymore. But I believe it's because these people are beginning to see the effects. Right? It's been three shots. It's been months, years for many of them. They know plenty of people that have never even taken one part of this and are completely fine. Which doesn't prove anything. But as these people keep telling us, I keep hearing from these circles, six degrees of separation. All these people that are going booster to booster to booster and keep getting sick are going, damn it. I know all sorts of people that are not doing that and they've never been sick, right? And every single person I know who's had the boosters are all getting sick. That's ask around guys. It's happening. Okay. And so then they go, okay, well, my mask, my breath is stinking. My teeth are falling out. My dentist keeps telling me that I'm getting bacterial infections. Like that, I think they're quietly going, okay, I'm fucking done with this guys. I am putting this down, but I'm not going to admit it because I don't want to admit that I've been wrong this whole time. But that's what that looks like. They're like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to keep pretending like I'm on the side, but I'm going to quietly stop doing it. And here's what he pointed out as well. 
the relative risk of infection has been steadily increasing every week for the boosted. And we keep showing you this too. This, in his opinion, their opinion, is why the UK Health Security Agency has elected to hide the data. And I agree. They are hiding that they're hurting people. But nonetheless, as the UK just said, now it's going to be what we keep telling you. Boosters every six months for the foreseeable future. Remember when that was conspiracy theory? Isn't that funny? How much? I mean, somebody really needs to go back over this with a fine-tooth comb and make a graph about, I mean, it's literally everything. I, I feel like almost every single part of this. If you would have painted, like, I don't I can't speak for everybody out there that you want to call conspiracy theorists, but the point is people like myself and others in, in our circles, I mean, guys, we literally laid this out. And we could have been wrong. I always said that we were theorizing, but look at how much has happened. Every single one of these things have come to pass, and they and they still call you conspiracy theorist. That's why I believe most of you see it. But here's the funny part of this. Toronto teacher. So again, I keep posting this. Oh, let me show you this first. So here, here's what a teacher said. Tanked Tuesday. Two office staff and 13 teachers all test positive for COVID-19. And they go, yes, trolls, they are vaccinated. Perfect. Yes, trolls, they wear masks. A big shout out to the anti-maskers for spreading their wealth. <laughs> I can't just, this is the stupid, these are teachers. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. This person has zero understanding about anything it would seem. Basic understanding of health, basic understanding of like just the way the world, I mean, okay, what there are, here, let me read my comment first. Their response is to argue Utterly without evidence, by the way, great teachers, that some unknown anti-vaxxer out there is somehow responsible for why they all tested positive for COVID despite their numerous boosters, masks, and adherence to life-altering restrictions meant to keep them safe. But it's this person that we don't even know exists because we maskers, thanks a lot. So it's not even possible, even though you all know that you can still spread it and catch it because you grudgingly admitted to that since, you know, months ago, maybe that you can catch and spread it. But it has to be something that you just assume. This is the level of teachers today. I shouldn't say every one of them, obviously, but they've been manipulated over a long period of time. Like a lot of these groups, like military, like police, they're driving this in. These people are, that's why they fired all the people that were willing to stand up for their morals, to their integrity. I just can't get past how stupid this is. They 13 people test positive. They're all vaccinated. They all wear masks. And they just go anti-maskers, anti-maskers. So somebody out there not wearing a mask, let's say. They didn't even suggest they didn't get an injection, did they? Just an anti-masker is out there not wearing a mask and walks up to you. You're wearing a mask. You have your injections. And, and apparently the mask protects you. That's what you keep yelling at us. So I walk up and you get sick for me, you claim. So the mask apparently didn't protect you. Your injections apparently didn't stop the infection. And you all get sick and you go, you... Why didn't that person show you? I mean, if that person walked up to you, clearly they weren't coughing and sneezing. So why were they sick? I just can't. I mean, this is just no. OK, let's just say they're even true. The point is that they are they don't know this. Nobody proved this. There's not even a person they're pointing at. They're just arbitrarily going They're out there. Thanks a lot. Because they can't admit no matter what. That what they've been doing isn't true. That's what it's all about. And these are teaching your youth. I just it's just so sad. Now, here's Dr. Mercola pointing out something we've already shown you. 
And he has as well, by the way. I'm not trying to say that. He's doing great work. The point is that we've been showing you this for a long time. He has shown you this as well. This is a follow-up on a new report showing you, yes, it's still happening. Biodistribution of lipid nanoparticles to the ovaries. Coupled with spike protein, direct autoimmune attack, cellular and tissue damage concerning for women in childbearing years and beyond. If a drug, any drug, went to the U.S. market and was found to accumulate in the ovaries, it would be immediately recalled. We all know that. Even if it wasn't clear that it was causing direct damage, it would be alarming because that's not supposed to do that. And they pull it immediately. And I concur that the primary data is consistent with the graph that you have nicely summarized. Right. Okay, so good. So what we've got here are different lines that tell you over time from a quarter of an hour to 48 hours where you find what the concentration in various tissues are. And you've got some strong signals here. You've got it in whole blood, not surprisingly, over the first four hours. In other words, it's moving around and circulating. That in and of itself is unusual. And right. concerning. It should be. In, in it wasn't. It wasn't. So, so the, the, forgive me, um, yep. just to get a little more precise. We Actually, you know what's funny? I believe this is not a new report. I believe this is just reposting the old podcast. Regardless, it's use, it's it's a good point to reiterate this point, right? So that we've we've shown this clip, I believe. The point is this has been there the entire time. I think that's why Peter's pointing it out again. This has been there from the very beginning. Their own data shows this, and we've shown you the from the very just like that the study, the Pfizer study that points out an almost 10% reduction in reproductivity in the female rats. And they just give you an explanation for why they're not required to report that. And they pretend like it's not there. Here's the report. This is a Pfizer report. Here is the main page. Matt, it says uh, right here, B, BNT162, table of contents, overview of pharma, pharmacokinetic test, SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine. All right? This is an early, this was 2020. Okay. Here's what it says. When you should, you should remember this. We went over this many times. Ovaries. Okay. And this is lipid nanoparticle concentration. If these are, this is nano, nanoparticles alone of any, any kind, which could just mean really small particle. They could mean like nanoparticles or excuse me, nanotechnology could be bots, but it also just means things that are nano sized for the most part. So when we're talking lipid nanoparticles, we're talking about nano sized particles that are encapsulated uh, or rather lipid fatty particles that are used to encapsulate the mRNA. That's how they deliver them. And the point is that the higher that concentration in the past, the high, the, mo- the severe increase of side effects. That's why the, every coronavirus vaccine has failed before now. I keep asking this question. How did they fix this? How did they get this to work this time? Well, they told you. They increased the lipid nanoparticle concentration. That's on the record. Okay, so why didn't that cause the same problem it caused every time before? Crickets. I'm not even making that up. So here we are watching it happen again and pretending like that's not true. Even though the history shows when you do that, it causes this problem. I mean, this is basic. The point is, guys, the lipid nanoparticles are hurting people along with the mRNA itself and along with the spike protein itself, all these different angles causing all these different problems. It's a wonder we're having this disgusting problem and how obvious it is, even though they cover it up. But the point is that in their own paper, it showed you this and they still pretend like you're lying. In the ovaries, look at the number, 12.3 after 48 hours. Now, that's, only, that's not even the highest one, but it's one of the highest. You can look down here on the next, the highest highest, which was the spleen, 23. 
I mean, that's incredible. I mean, just look for others, the others for comparison. Most of them are barely one at the most or over. Well, there was one other one, I believe, that was high. I forget which one it was. No, I think that was it then. There was, yeah, I, there must be another report I'm thinking of. But regardless, this is pretty damn clear. And that's what they're talking about. So if you have a dramatic, dramatic collection of this in your ovaries, and they're pretending like this doesn't go anywhere else, and we know that spike and mRNA is all being, it's going throughout your bloodstream, this is hurting you. They know that, they knew that then, they just completely covered it up. Oh, and Paul Joseph Watson points out, and this is just an add-on to this, it's just, this is gross, even though we know this is hurting people. Here's a hospital in Cleveland refusing to give a nine-year-old boy life-saving kidney transplant because his father hasn't taken the injection. These people are criminals. I mean, they should literally go to, I mean, this is, you're, you're, you're putting, you're sentencing a child to death because of your own political beliefs. You're gross. You're a bad person. Now, here is an interesting discussion. Kind of finishing this up for the most part. I've got a couple more segments to go over. The Guardian. This is April 6th. Saying COVID linked to 33-fold increase in risk of potentially fatal blood clot. Now just, I mean, I could make this really quick. And I, I will because we're at over two hours. I mean, I get, this is, I just get so tired of having to do this. Because it's so obvious. Now, if I, if I asked you, before we even get into it, guys, in the chat, give me your thoughts. If I had to ask you, what do you think it is that, that exposes this? What do you think it is? And it's obvious, guys. So think about what it might be that's obvious, right? What would be the one thing they wouldn't do if they wanted to conflate this? Think of what we were just discussing in the larger context of children and everything else. Go ahead and give me a guess in the chat, and I'm going to jump into it. So here, this is really crazy. They're telling you 33-fold increase of the blood clots if you get COVID. The findings published in the medical, the British Medical Journal on Thursday could help explain a doubling. First of all, could help. So we're not, <laughs> I just, I love how COVID linked to this and it, it's not even definitive, but they're already going there, right? Could help explain a doubling in the incidence of deaths from blood clots in England since the start of the pandemic, right? Sure. Is there anything else that might be tied to that? No, it's gotta be COVID-19, right? They also helped to put the very small increased risk of blood clots associated with COVID vaccination into context. Okay, so up until now, you might be thinking, okay, wait a minute. If they're even referencing vaccination, well, they must have considered this, right? They must have compared the vaccination rates if they're pointing at the vaccination part of this and saying, well, it puts the actual risk of that into context. Well, they must have, right? Well, let's take a look. Here's the study they're pointing at. Okay, this is April 6th. So first of all, recognize that they couldn't even, they just couldn't wait to cover this. The moment it came out, they're jumping on it and saying, look, 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 it's all COVID, right? Risks of deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, and bleeding after COVID-19. Nationwide self-controlled cases series and matched cohort study. February 22nd is when this was accepted. Now, by the way, this addresses a time that's a long back. It's a, it's a while back. It only goes up to May 25th, 2021. Okay, so this is way before all the new context of Omicron and all the, whatever else they're throwing in to manipulate it. Some people in the chat are getting, getting the point here. 1,057,174 people who tested positive for COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 between February 1st, 2020 and May 25th, 2021 in Sweden alone 
matched on age, sex, and country of residence to 4,076,342 control patients. Okay. What does that say? Vaccine data were not available for our study. Hmm. Okay. So Guardian is sure as hell in the second, third paragraph, jumping right out of it and saying, well, clearly this puts into context the vaccine argument of causing blood clots. Clearly this just puts it all to bed, doesn't it? How exactly? How exactly, if you don't even know who in this study was vaccinated, does this put any kind of thing to bed? Because they want it to. How are you going to pretend if you know the vaccine has a very, 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 very super rare risk of causing this, which is ridiculous, but that's what they're saying. But the point is it can. How are you going to pretend that this is a real study if you don't even factor that in, knowing it can cause the thing you're trying to study? Are you kidding me? This is the British Medical Journal for crying out loud. This disappoints me. Our results are in line with those of similar studies. Like, look, before I even read that again, the point should be, if you want to jump out and call one of these things out, have a have the editor step in and, and uh, redact it, well, this would be a perfect example. Because you went, it's, it's like doing a study on whether certain, uh, what's a good example here? It's like doing a study on, I don't know, I'm trying to think, I feel like it's going to be a dumb example. You're, you're not, you're picking out one thing that is a huge factor on the exact thing you're studying and not even including it at this in this and acting like this comes to a conclusion about whether this is causing this. I mean, this is willfully inaccurate. It says similar studies are results in line with those of similar studies that use the self-controlled case series method to determine the association between COVID and thrombotic thrombo, uh, thromboembolic events. Okay. So what studies are they comparing it to? Well, this one, a large study from England using electronic health records found that 4,671 patients were admitted to the hospital due to venous thromboembolism within 28 days of testing positive for SARS-CoV-2. And the incidence rate for rate ratio for venous thromboembolism was about 14-fold increased during the first two weeks, decreasing to an increase of about eight-fold during the third week and three-fold during the fourth week, which doesn't even remotely tie in with what they're saying, but the English study only included people who were vaccinated. It's the same difference. So you just, you, there's no control in regard to whether the vaccine plays a role. Why in the world would you do that? That's a cover-up, guys. I just don't even know how to look at it any other way. They know when they did the study that they thought the embolism part of this, the blood clot, was being discussed as a possibility. It admitted as a super rare side effect. And yet they go out of their way to not include people. You made sure that they, so isn't it possible that they all got this from the back? Yes. But all they do is conclude that COVID caused it, period, because this is what these things are meant to do today. I'm not, pro- I'm not saying I can discount everything they're saying. What I can show you is they went out of their way to not find out whether the vaccine was involved when we know that it is, because they admitted that. That's a willful choice. So then we consider what we believe, which is that this is causing a huge problem. So if every single person in the study is being tested because they start to feel bad, and it turns out they started to feel bad after they got the injection, it seems like a pretty obvious no-brainer to me. But of course, people that don't want to see this would hide from it, and that's exactly what this study did. Hide from it. It says, our findings strengthen the importance of vaccination against COVID-19. 
That's literally what they say. And that, you know why they say that? Because this is how you keep funding. Why would you say that if vaccination was not even a part of this? including the fact that we know that vaccination can cause this, and they've admitted that, but they don't include it to find out, but they go, yeah, yeah, see, we should do this because that's what we know we're supposed to say. Unreal. But don't forget that the Guardian, even though neither of those things even factored in whether that was a part of it, wouldn't say, oh, of course, this puts into increased, you know, help to put the very small increased risk of COVID of blood clots after vaccination into context. How? They don't care. That's what they're supposed to say. Now, we have to remember that this is going to continue, guys. It's never going to stop unless we stop it. As MXCO points out, new Bill Gates malaria vaccine was approved by the WHO. It's 30% effective, and one of the side effects is meningitis. But yeah, let's run right into it, right? So that's got to be better than what you're giving us with the injections right now for boosters, right? I mean, 30% effective, assuming that's absolute. I don't know why I would assume that's probably relative, but sure as hell a lot better than 50% relative risk reduction, but none of them should be approved because none of those things are safe. He, you can look at his tweet, but here's the actual, there's the actual documentation he's pointing to historic RTS comma S A S O one recommendation. WHO recommends groundbreaking malaria vaccine for children. Here's what it says. WHO recommends that in the context of comprehensive malaria control, that this RTS malaria vaccine be used for the prevention of this malaria situation in a schedule of four doses in children from five months of age. Four doses. Weird how this never became a thing like this. I mean, there's been multiple dose situations, but now it's just a common. Anything now going forward, two, three, four, five doses. Why? That's a good question. Significant reduction of 30% in deadly severe malaria. So now we're in a world where all we got to do is pretend that it slightly reduces your mild symptoms, and that's all we need. I mean, it kind of affects the death situation. That's what they used to say. When they sold this to you in the COVID, it was all about stopping transmission. You won't die. You won't go to the hospital. Well, that's obviously not what's happening. Now they go, well, it protects you against these things. Oh, how much? Ah, we won't get into that. 30%. Now, are we not even going to mention the side effects? I wonder why that would be. Well, here's the study that does mention them. The RTS, what we're talking about, malaria vaccine, has been associated with meningitis and cerebral malaria safety signals. And you can read for yourself. It's not super absolute, and there's different variations, different ages, but the point is this is there. So 30% of, of apparently, as they say, just like the other ones, 30% reduction, significant reduction not stopping, not safety, not protection, a reduction in deadly malaria. <laughs> cool. So 70% of the time you can die and this thing has side effects like meningitis? Let's do it. Why is this even being allowed? Because there's something much more alarming going on, guys, and I don't know exactly what it is. I can give you my thoughts, but this is ramming forward. Here's an article about it from Igor's newsletter, Bill Gates' malaria vaccine, only 30% effective. This is where I first saw it, actually. I think it was uh, from this tweet, and then from this image, uh, the link that they shared, read it for yourself. The connections to Gavi and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and health experts that are talking about this vaccine and saying, oh, it's such a great vaccine tied directly back to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, no big deal, right? Not like they've been directly funded by the people that are using these things. It's so obvious how this is all working. On top of that, a new pill that are coming out are combined the Pfizer pill, right? The one they kept telling you, the Pfizer-Mectin one, that's now combined with HIV medications. Why would that be exactly? 
mainstream media, vaxxed people should take HIV drugs to lower COVID risk. Pfizer says its new COVID pill with HIV drug cuts the risk of hospitalization or death. Now, just so you understand, guys, this has been a topic we've been covering for a while, and I hope you will dive into this. I just kind of give you a general search for HIV, but here, some of these are the ones that we just went over. HIV AIDS compared with SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and and DARPA's immune system-focused agenda. Deep dive, vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome, or or VADES, HIV inserts. uh, Where was the last one? The COVID vaccine HIV connection and the booster time bomb. The bottom line is this thing is causing immune deficiency very clearly. Now, if you, whether you want to associate that with what we classically know as AIDS and the construct that is, or just realize that it's destroying your immune system and that's possibly what was actually happening back then with HIV, who knows? The truth is the facts and the, ev- or the evidence is out there and we've covered all we know, what we can show you. And what we do know for sure is that you're being lied to, especially when they start jamming in other things and making sure that that's something they're trying to hide when really what they're doing to you is destroying everything and they're pretending it's something else. It's all COVID, right? It's all COVID. If that's even really what's happening. Finally, as this meme points out, I just think it's a great point. If you allow the government to break the law for an emergency, they'll create emergencies to break the law. It's amazing how simple logic can break through so easily. Why can't we see that? I think we can. I think most of us can. Doesn't mean all of them will and have, but somebody will. And somebody who has. If you allow them to break the law for an emergency, they will create emergencies to break the law. That's been the way it is in this country for a long time. Now, finally, and I'm going to go into this more in the future. There's been somebody who's been reaching out to me, and I promise I'll get back to you if you're watching and leaving messages in regard to this exact topic. I've just been so busy with so many things, personal and otherwise. But Bernie's tweets pointing out, WHO, if the pandemic treaty, which is what they're working on right now, an international treaty for health for everybody, which is the, this is the world government beginning to lay its ground here, guys. If the pandemic treaty passes, they will have total control over sovereign nations response to diseases. Exactly. If it will supersede the constitutions and laws. No, it won't, by the way, that's not possible. They'll say it does and they'll force that down your throat, but that's not something that's even possible. Just so we understand how that really works. The constitution doesn't get to get changed by government. The constitution is an outline of inherent things, God given things. They just wrote them down. Whether or not they wrote them down, they were still inherent. They were still God-given. Just because the government decides to change something, it has to actually be aligned with those. This, this is uh, Madison and Murberry. Madison versus Murberry, right? If it is repugnant to the Constitution, it's null and void, period. doesn't matter whether every person in the government voted for it. That's why they've bastardized this and made you think that the Constitution was things that they wrote down to give you. They didn't. They're trying to deteriorate those day by day. But it's saying removing decision-making away from democratic elected governments, which I promise you they will be trying to institute. It's coming your way, guys. I swear I just grabbed that. Hmm. Frustrating. (laughs) Like, I don't know how I always do that. I swear I grabbed this before we started, but I guess not. Let's see. Oh, that is it. I had it right there. See, I screw myself up. the podcast it says that next time a pand- global pandemic strikes next time the world must be prepared you know why this is so stupid because <clears throat> what do you call all the 
many, 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 many different exercises they conducted before this started. You know, like Crimson Contagion, Event 201, and over and over, spars and all of them. Is that not being prepared? Because that's not what they were doing. You see, that was called social engineering. Because every single time they did that, what'd they find? Oh, we're not prepared. We need more PPE. We need more of this. We need more of that. And what do they do? Nothing. Then they did another one. Event 201. What do we need? We're short on PPE. We need more ventilators. We need more hospitals. What'd they do? Nothing. So was it about preparing or was it about telling you what was going to happen? And then, oh, we're unprepared. See, we told you we're prepared. Well, yes, you knew you were prepared. You didn't do anything. So did you care? Was that about really being prepared or was that just about setting a narrative? So here we are again, going through all this and we can have another exercise. The point is we're now we're going to prepare because here's what we're going to lay down for you. It's all about social engineering, guys. Being prepared is your job to make sure you help your body, your rights, your sphere is healthy and safe and protected and whatever that means to you. But you see, as we keep pulling this back and pretending like they need prepared for us, that mean, that's, that's, that's putting out the idea that you don't have control over what's going to happen. Not true. Together with Dr. Tedros, we have proposed an international treaty on pandemics rooted in the WHO Constitution. We right, so the WHO Constitution, right, which is the argument that that will supersede as she was making, which is what they will try to do supersedes all the rest of them when it comes to a disease of course which basically means anytime they want to supersede your constitution that will create a disease or create the illusion of one that's my opinion but obviously you can see how that would work same thing they'll create an emergency to break the law we need to create an environment where every scientist health worker government can bend together for common cause Right. They'll all band together like a global government. Together to build new solutions to protect what's most precious. Like, can you not see how, like, you know, let's, you could, whether or not you agree that this is some coordinated plan, can you not see how this would do that if that was hypothetically what was happening, right? Where you just create the illusion of a pandemic and then you reckon, you argue that, well, now we have to come together as a, as a world to make sure that this, we can fight it off. That's the exact same argument people made about the Project Bluebeam argument, the analogy, the, 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 the discussion, right? The idea that, well, they're going to fake, uh, you know, alien invasion or something and, and, and pretend it with. And so the point would be that it forces the argument that, well, now we have to come together as one global thing. Now, that's just a, a random conversation. It's definitely rooted in some level of actual technology. My point is that that's also what's happening now from another angle. We're all a threat together. So we all have to come together. What a conspiracy theorist, right? I, you could have exactly outlined this in its entirety before this started, and you would have been called a crazy, absurd conspiracy theorist as it literally comes to pass. And our lives. International agreement on pandemics are speeding up. Right, while you're all distracted with something else. I mean, this is alarming. I mean, you could you could say it doesn't look alarming because they try to make it look all happy and for fighting for you and your safety, but these people are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous sociopaths. I mean, look at how much stuff has come out. Look at how many times they've been caught lying and manipulating. And, and I, I mean, from Ukraine to COVID to everything else, it is very obvious that they don't care about your safety. Now, here is Dr. Redfield telling you what the next thing's going to be. It's, it's, it's like it's this. It's almost like they just knew. It's like they're psychic, right? 
Yeah, I think we have to recognize, I've always said that I think the COVID pandemic was a wake-up call. I don't believe it's the great pandemic. Okay, so the entire time you've been calling it the biggest pandemic in the century, but then suddenly now you go, oh, I never thought it was the real one. This was the, the... Really? We all knew that. We all saw it. They've all been doing it the entire time. Biggest pandemic ever and since 1918 and biggest, more than all the wars and all the dumb stuff they kept saying. But now he's like, nah, I never, I just thought it was a wake up call. I never, the next one's a big one. Well, that's also what Gates has been saying now after the fact. Well, no, the next one. I believe the great pandemic is still in the future. And that's going to be a bird flu pandemic for man. It's going to have significant mortality in the 10 to 50% range. It's going to be trouble. And we should. That's also what they said about COVID 19, by the way. Get prepared for it. I do believe that. The pandemic risk is a greater risk of the national security of the United States than Korea, China, Russia, Iran. And we ought to start investing proportional to that national security risk that we're prepared. Yeah. I mean, that's just as obvious as it needs to be. Oh, so now now this is our new national security risk. This is the national security risk. This is the biosecurity state, right? So stop pretending like we're stuck in the old times. We need to move this over. And invest the same amount of money in our biosecurity. That's exactly what, plenty of people would agree with that. But these people are manipulating you. This is transitioning this over when there's no real evidence of what's, like the idea that this has ever been even remotely as dangerous as they tried to argue it was, is unbelievably obvious that it's not the truth. It's not dangerous and it never was. And this, and not, I shouldn't say not dangerous, it can be. But it's not largely dangerous for most people. And that's been clear from the very beginning. And they've been running from that from day one. They got they lied about it, 3.6% rate, and they got caught, and then they went back. Well, we don't know, though. Children could be sick. We don't know, though. Long COVID, remember that? They quickly pivoted to that and then quietly went back to where it's just super dangerous still, and we just never went away from that. It's obviously not. They lied. They manipulated. They conflated relative risk reduction with absolute risk reduction. They conflated all these things, and they keep going. As he said, COVID-19 was a wake-up call. I don't believe it's the great pandemic. What do you mean, the great pandemic? How would you possibly know that this one wasn't, or the one before? What do you mean, the great pandemic? That, here's my point. The great pandemic is still in the future, he says, and that's going to be the bird flu pandemic. It's like pointing out World War I, and in fact, calling it World War I before it even happened. Do we not realize how stupid that is? You understand, nobody called it World War I because it had, there was no World War II, right? It's not the great pandemic until there's, rel there's reflection and relative understanding about what's happened before and after, and oh, clearly that was the great pandemic. You don't just point ahead and say that one's coming because that's, act, that's propaganda. This is, rather, this is either him laying out the field for his, his career, which is what the WHO and plenty of others called out about these people, the CDC, that all they did is create pandemics of fear to push in their agenda. That's what they said in 2007. But now we hide from that. Or he's setting the table for what they're going to do. Let's put it out there. Pretty ridiculous. Now, here is a clip from Christian Westbrook. Now, I think, let's see, maybe I'll just end with that. Play that for us. Let me make sure I grabbed it. Maybe didn't. Man, I'm just slacking today. But I want to. It's a three-minute clip of what he was saying about this. 
discussing this. Uh, he was looking into this beforehand. He does a great job in general about covering this and the food shortages and the supply lines. We had one interview with him a while back. I recommend you check it out. He does a great job. We play this at the end, then we'll go forward. Okay. So, finally, to wrap it up, I mean, we have to recognize all these symptoms that are COVID nine new symptoms shortness of breath, being tired, body aches, headaches, sore throat, blocked, runny nose, loss of appetite, diarrhea. So, literally anything all the time. Anything. I mean, this joke was made before. Do you realize that it, everything, anywhere, all the time can apply to that? Everything. Anything, a cold, the flu, just ha- being, ha- being hung over. I mean, for crying out loud, guys, that is like every single thing in existence. Exactly the point. The jokes from beginning, my toe hurts, so this happens, and it all came true. Here we are again, just laying the table for the next thing. If that is, if it ends up being COVID, it's going to never end, like I told you. It's always going to be there forever. Keep pumping these garbage, dangerous things into people's arms, but it's going to jump into something next. Maybe it's COVID again. I don't think so. I think it's going to be something new, like they're telling you. It's going to be bird flu, he says, which <laughs> they've been floating bird flu from the very beginning. Gates, plenty of them. But don't worry, though, because the CDC is announcing a sweeping review of the agency, right? Because w- now we'll feel, we'll feel good about it, right? As I said, spoiler, here's what she's going to say. We've investigated ourselves and found ourselves not guilty, <laughs> or whatever the equivalent sidestep would be for a sweeping review, whatever that is. Why anyone would feel better now that liars are reviewing themselves is beyond me. It's just stupid. It's childish. We're going to do a sweeping review. Who cares? You guys are the ones that are corrupt. And finally, this is where it's all going, guys. And this is this this article is from January 14th, 2021. How digital identity can improve lives in a post-COVID world. Of course, because that's the point. They were building this in the middle of COVID. Because we're conspiracy theorists, right? It's not like they were planning this or anything. Finally, we also have the exact point that Christian Westbrook keeps making. They're all pointing at Ukraine going, look at Ukraine causing all supply shortage. It's all Putin. Everything Putin's all Putin. Well, here's <coughs> Klaus Schwab telling you on March 30th, we don't know the global energy system. We do know the global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. And no, he's not talking about Ukraine. He's talking about the Great Reset. He's talking about the transition into where we're going. Right. So the thing they're currently doing and pushing you to drive forward in right now in real time during what he says is the fourth industrial revolution that he says will cause the very things that are happening has nothing to do with what is currently doing. I can't even say that without laughing. Nope, nope. Even though he says it's going to happen, it's not him and not what they're doing. It's, it's over there. It's Putin. Putin's doing it all. Klaus Schwab is saying what we're doing will cause this. And when it happens, they go, no, Putin did it. Good God, we are children. The people that are buying this are children. And the Biden administration is now linking your vaccine to centers to the possibility of committing violent acts because it all comes together from Ukraine to COVID-19 to the reality of how they're going to attack you. You are the threat and you've always been the threat and even the war on terror was directed at you and anybody honest can see this. Thank you guys for tuning in today. The important reality is this is not going to stop. It never really does. That's the sad reality. It never really does. It's just about finding a level of tranquility within the corrupt world that we live in, right? And trying to fight back and build something better for the future generations, guys. And that's all we can do. I'm never going to give up. I'll tell you that. The point is we have to keep fighting. 
So thank you for joining me in that battle. Stay the course. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Friends, welcome. Yesterday, I posted my report detailing the Gates Foundation's funding of gain-of-function research into H5N1, attempting to get it to cross over into humans. And I asked the question, is bird flu going to be the next pandemic? What I didn't realize was that just last week, former CDC director Robert Redfield answered my question. Yeah, I think we have to recognize, I've always said that I think the COVID pandemic was a wake-up call. I don't believe it's the great pandemic. I believe the great pandemic is still in the future, and that's going to be a bird flu pandemic for man. It's going to have significant mortality in the 10 to 50% range. It's going to be trouble, and we should get prepared for it. I do believe that the pandemic risk is a greater risk of the national security of the United States than Korea, China, Russia, Iran. And we ought to start investing proportional to that national security risk that we're prepared. Wow. So the former CDC director, who, for the record, was very much involved in and entirely aligned with Dr. Fauci on the response to COVID-19, is telling us in no uncertain terms that, yes, bird flu will be the next pandemic. In fact, it will be the real one. It will jump into humans. And he even cites the same fatality numbers that the Gates Foundation-funded gain-of-function research on H5N1 bird flu was able to achieve by splicing genes from the Spanish flu 100 years ago and the seasonal influenza now to make a mutant, hybrid, nasty bird flu that'll kill half the world population. That's what the media has been telegraphing us is about to happen. I'm not the only one asking if bird flu will be the next pandemic. In fact, NPR has been putting out pieces posing this, sort of setting the stage with some predictive programming, and even organizations like the International Livestock Research Institute has been suggesting bird flu could be the next global pandemic. That is part of CGIAR, which itself was also funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the tune of upwards of a billion dollars in order to create an agricultural system with gender equality and climate resilience. So there is a network of nastiness which has funded the research into the creation of a highly fatal, a weaponized bird flu, let's get down to brass tacks there, uh, and is now telegraphing from their various positions, having infiltrated various offices of health and agriculture and food uh, policy, that bird flu will be the next pandemic. Remember, even Fauci himself authored this paper in 2020, where he wrote that Pandemics have been happening ever since human hunter-gatherers made the mistake of settling into villages, domesticating animals, and cultivating crops. Because it's agriculture that has to be transformed right now. It's the food they're coming after. And they have warned us, and we should heed their warning. That if we don't get one disease under control, you may find legislative bodies taking whole classes of people based upon propensity of conduct well, to say, we're going to put you in a certain category. We're going to demand mandatory testing for you. We will not be ever having to go back to pre-COVID levels. We're always going to have to be mindful that COVID exists. We're going to have to engage with booster shots. We're going to have to engage with 
advice from time to time when we see outbreaks. We're going to have to respond. Thank you.